Get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, save, retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Half Hump Day! Good morning, everyone, and happy Hump Day. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN with Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and it is 7 o'clock in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And uh, kids, good morning. How are we doing? Good morning. Well, everybody ready? Yes. Everybody ready? With tomorrow, a week from tomorrow is opening day for the baseball season. Oh, my gosh. We're, it's here tomorrow. already. Yep, it <laughs> is here. Still got some uh, some movement to do, right? Got some. Yeah, I think they got forty one guys in camp, and they got to cut down to cut fifteen guys. That won't be well. Forty one guys on the roster because yeah. everybody else will be in camp today. But uh, yeah, they've, they've got some moves to make. That won't be hard. You got, about, uh, you got to cut uh, what? What did I say? Fifteen players. Ten of them are, are left handed relievers. So <laughs> it won't be that hard. Hey, you already know which one of those are not going to. Oh, not going to be here. Huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've got a lot coming up on the Sorry, show today. What? Seeing Paul George's leg injury, as I said. Oh, that, that hurts. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that was random. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I was watching it. I was like, oh. That didn't look good. Oh, it's, no, that did not look good. But at least, that did not. I'm looking yeah. at it right now. At least he ran into a stanchion, right? He, uh, well, uh, he, he has yeah. done that, so he, and he has bounced back. This is just, Randy, so it's a hyperextended knee. He'll be okay. Okay. I, I've had, I'm, I'm not a doctor, mm-hmm. but I've had so many injuries. I can generally give you a time frame for, for when you will rebound from said injuries. <laughs> give him, uh, I say, about five to seven days. Really? Okay. It, it, it would be less if you've hyperextended it multiple times. I used to hyperextend my knee all of the time. I'd be back by the end of the third quarter. Okay. So I thought you were talking about watching the old Paul George Oh, injury. no, no, no. He got injured again last night. Okay. Yeah, no. That's never happened with him before. Yeah. Uh, Bernie Federico is going to join us in the 8 o'clock hour. Robert Thomas in the 9 o'clock hour. The Blues did play last night. They fell to the uh, Red Wings. 3-2 oh. in a shootout. You know, I think did anybody punch a Red Wing fan in the face? I, I didn't see many Red Wings fans. You know, they kind of gave it up on that they, yeah, yeah, yeah. because they aren't that good anymore. Okay. The fans don't really show up here anymore. Got you. Not a reason to, to show up in no, droves. Not and, when you're taking on the vaunted Blues. Uh, yeah. I mean, both teams stink. One stinks worse. I mean, was this a better, was this a good loss? Yes. I mean, when you're yeah. playing the team that you are right there 9-10 and 10 with? The only problem I have with it is that they, they lost, lost in a shootout. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I thought it was fine. And you know what? There were some fun things that happened, like Robert Bortuzzo scoring a goal. Defense are changing. They get it over the line to Shen. Nottablay hitting the trailer. Bortuzzo with a shot. Comes back to him. Walks it in. He scores! Robert Bortuzzo with an oar-like backhand flip to the back of the net. And the Blues have taken a 1-0 lead. 17-39 to go. Period number one. Uh, Bortz is a sniper. He's just, uh, <laughs> he's turned into like a goal scoring machine. He's Brett Hall. Second, yeah. It's only- I mean, did you see the mitts on him in that? <laughs> I mean, like. Sick mitts, as yes. they call them. It was a really good goal. <laughs> I was um, hoping, was it Blay that was right by the net? I was hoping that Blay didn't tip it in and, and get the goal from him uh, because he, he made a really good play at the net. 
Yeah, uh, he really did. For his second goal of the year. Yeah. He's, he's well on his way. Yeah. Speaking of making a good play at the net, how about the assist for David Perron on the first Detroit goal, setting up Chase on for a power play tally to tie the game at one, and David Perron getting a rousing ovation from the Blues fans when they honored him with a video. That was beautiful, honestly. I, I couldn't tell. It looked to me like he was crying. It, he was, it, yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought. I just didn't want to, you know, say that he was, but... It, it was just such an emotional thing. And, you know, hats off to the Blues for actually putting together a really good tribute like that for him. You know, you would hope that they would welcome him back in that way because of so much of what he meant to the organization. And he was also just such a great leader. And I don't think anybody wanted to see him go. So it felt like a very fitting tribute. And also they did shout out Billy Huso and Jake Wallman as mm-hmm. well, which I thought was nice, too. Yeah, it was Jake Wallman got more attention last night than he ever got as a blue. <laughs> so, that is true, yes. Anyway, Marco Scandella scored at the 10.03 mark of the first period, and then Zadina scoring with uh, 2.03, 2.13 left in the first. It was 2-2 after a period, 2-2 after two periods, 2-2 after three periods, and then Detroit wins it in a shootout, and... Uh, Raymond scored. Lucas Raymond scored. The Blues never did use Robert Thomas in the shootout. Or uh, so, you know, it was kind of a. Well, I, I didn't mind the guys. I think they, they're finding things out right now yeah. about uh, their players, and so I don't mind. I, I, the only guy I would have liked to have seen is Kapanen yeah. in, the, in yeah. the shootout. But Vrana has to play in the, do in the do the shootout. Twenty five has to play in the shootout. So I didn't have any problems with the way that Craig Bruby handled things. Here's what Bruby said went wrong for the Blues after the two two first period. Second period was careless, um, not a good period. Third period was better. We just careless in the second, didn't skate, you know, didn't. First period, I thought we did a good job of, you know, controlling things, cycle game, things like that. They played last night, you know, the goal was to wear them down over time, but we didn't do that in the second. And the Blues fall 3-2 in a shootout. They'll play at Detroit tomorrow night, a little home and home. Hopefully we'll have a fight. I mean, if you play a team back to back and and something, uh, uh, was it? Um, I can't remember who got slashed yesterday. One of one of our players got slashed, and he just kind of just kind of skated it mm-hmm. off, didn't really respond. I, you might have a you might have a response. Need from some that retaliation, yeah, there. a little bit. Just slash him back. Yeah, yeah. Joel Hofer, by the way, he's he got the start. He was terrific. Saved thirty of thirty two on the night. He played really well. Uh, I was asking why he got the start. You said because he got the shutout the night before, even though Bennington Benning, Bennington was back. I, I am. Uh, I think next year is going to be a really good year for them. They, they they got some things to work on, some things to clean up. Uh, you got your 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 top two goalies. You, you're going to be okay. Yeah, they're going to be better as long than as this they're year. playing with the effort. There were. I, I I said this off air earlier. I think the defensemen have started to play much better. The energy. Just you know, they're attacking. It was a play where they're they're going, they're sliding, trying to stop pucks from being shot. They're actually showing the energy, and the forwards are getting back yeah. and, and and playing their butts off. So it's it's starting to come around. Um, you know, it's probably it's not it's too little, too late for this season, but it can give you a glimpse of what next year will look like. Down in Jupiter yesterday, the Cardinals and Nationals played to a 4-4 tie. Jack Flaherty, four and two-thirds. He threw 91 pitches, allowed nine hits, two runs. He struck out four and walked one. Got a lot of soft contact, a lot of seeing-eye hits that I don't think if you have your regular infield, if you if you have Arenado and Goldie, I think it's a little bit different for Flaherty yesterday. But he does need to be more efficient than throwing 91 pitches and four and two-thirds. Yeah, I I think I'm a little bit torn. It's not the spring training that you would hope to see from Jack Flaherty. His ERA is at 4.50 right now through 16 innings. But my whole thing that I keep going back and forth with is 
he's healthy, mm-hmm. right? He was able to get out of some situations. Yes, it was situations that he created in a lot of them, but still he's healthy. This is one of the few spring trainings that we've actually seen him stay on the mound through the course of a spring training down in Florida. So that's positive at the same time. But no, this is not what you want to see. And I'm sure that Jack would say the exact same thing. And at the same time, too, his velo, though, did improve. He was hit. He hit like 95, I think, yep. at one point. That's encouraging as well, too. So sometimes I think you do have to look at the positives, especially if you have this depth, you know, that you have for the pitching staff, because you have Jake Woodford there as well, who's been doing really well. I know that they sit down Matthew Libitor, but it seems like that's just to get him more starting reps down in Memphis, so he's ready to come back up and you can slide him right in. Yeah, I talked to Michael Gersh yesterday, and he said that the sixth starter is essentially going to be the guy who's set to go the next night in Memphis. So if the Cardinals lose a pitcher, whoever is set to go in Memphis the next night will probably get called up to be the sixth starter, and they probably won't use a guy out of the bullpen here. Oh, okay. So uh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah, I, I think that their bullpen might lack, and Hudson also got sent down yesterday. It, it might lack that guy that comes in and throws five for you when you're mm-hmm. down seven to two. I had a, uh, uh, I told you when I came in today, I, I had a little, a, a little drawback, a little pullback on my prediction. I, I still believe them to to win the World Series. Good, but I. You're not as concerned about Flaherty. I don't think you are either, Brooke. That that ninety pitches in four innings. It, it worries me, and it's like uh, I, I want to see. I mean, we, we've seen guys play really well this spring training, and we're really excited about those guys. And then we've seen guys eh, kind of slow out of the blocks, not really going at their their best ability or their best capability. I don't know if this team still needs another starting pitcher. I, I the the guys going down to Memphis being the sixth starter, cool, perfect, yay. <laughs> I'm talking about a guy on this roster. I don't know if we still need that guy. Well, they are what they are now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And especially if it's not Flaherty. And Flaherty, when he's been healthy, has pitched well at the major league level. Mm-hmm. I don't worry about what I see in, in March. But if he's healthy on opening day or the second game of the season, because I assume Adam Wainwright will start opening day. But if, if Flaherty can pitch... He's been good. If he's been healthy, he's been good. Well, I think the biggest thing, too, is looking at you don't want to see that velocity dip, which we have Mm -hmm. seen with some of the starting pitchers um, this spring. And with him, as long as it continues to go up and it's not concerning, then you're like, all right, he's healthy. He's good enough for now. Right. The World Baseball Classic ended last night, a dramatic 3-2 win for Japan over the USA down at uh, Lone Depot Park in Miami. The highlight of this game was the very last out. Shohei Otani comes on to pitch the ninth inning for Japan with a 3-2 lead, and he faces his teammate Mike Trout. 3-2 from Otani. He throws. Trout strikes out swinging. So congratulations to Team Japan. They win their third World Baseball Classic. I, I saw something yesterday, Randy, and and I, I don't know we will we will ever see it again. The, the seventh inning, Shohei was he was due up to bat, but he was in the bullpen. He had to sprint down to the dugout mm-hmm. to get ready to take his at bat. This is a guy 
<laughs> you'll never see that, right? No. You what what pitcher are you seeing sprint from the bullpen to come down to get the bat and get ready because it's that because you're that good of a batter. You're that good of a pitcher. You're that fast when you're on the bases or sprinting the first base. He he does it all. And that moment I mean, to to that that was what baseball needed, right? That that moment where two teammates, two of the best players in the world, that will go down to be, to play the game. In that moment, you strike out your teammate for Team Japan to win the the World Baseball Classic. Unfortunately, Trout didn't get it done, and Goldie and Arenado didn't get an opportunity to get up to bat. But that was a really cool moment for baseball and for for Team Japan what they were able to do. Well, I just like that somebody tweeted out last night, like, what's the big deal? The Angels beat up on each other all the time. <laughs> That's true. It is true. It's a good point. I, I mean, what a what a great moment that that was, too, to your point, Carrie, is that it was just so exciting. Mm-hmm. You couldn't have scripted it any better. Everybody likes to talk about the NFL, right, this right. past season. It was scripted. Tell me that that wasn't just perfectly <laughs> scripted by yeah. one of the best Hollywood writers to have Otani come up on the mound against Mike freaking trout and just months ago i tweeted this out last night they interviewed shohei otani and he said the thing that he was looking forward to the most was being able to face mike trout you could tell in his face he knew mm-hmm. i'm gonna face him in that situation <laughs> yep. and the way that he celebrated at the end reminded me of you darvish in 2009 when they beat south korea that just that exhale of emotions it was just incredible to see now at the end they did start tossing each other up in the air i don't know if you guys saw that in a big pile i was like did you guys not see what just happened not too long ago please put people down <laughs> don't put lars Newbar up there please right exactly three, three two count like you said brooke you couldn't have scripted that any better it, it was a perfect pitch swing and a miss like it, it's what you want to see in that moment from two of the best play- two of the best players in the game. I-, I just thought that was spectacular. We're off and running here on the opening drive. Coming up, what can this World Baseball Classic do for baseball in America? And more reaction to Japan's win over the USA last night. Brooke, Kerry, Randy, it's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. MLB is trying to globalize their sport, and really what they need to do is make it bigger in America. When you look around the world at the interest, for example, that the Dominican Republic has in the World Baseball Classic, the interest, obviously, that Japan has in the World Baseball Classic. When you look at what happened uh, the other night, the, the Venezuela game, throughout South and Central America, baseball is a big deal, and they are very, very proud of the players that they have in Major League Baseball. I do think Brooke and Kerry, that there's nothing negative about the World Baseball Classic in trying to enhance the visibility of the sport globally. And I think one of the things that really benefits the sport globally is that the USA doesn't win all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the fact that it is a—I mean, yesterday was the, the ending. Like you said, it was the script that you wanted. It was the two best players in the game. They happen to be teammates going against one another. One strikes the other one out, and it's it's exactly what you look for. And I think just based on on Shohei Otani, what he's able to do. I mean, Randy he played the entire game, and then he comes out in the bullpen in the in the ninth, and then he's throwing a hundred. Like he's a different type of animal, right? <laughs> After the game, David Ortiz asked him, "What planet are you from? <laughs> because you can't be from here. You you are so different from anything we've ever seen." And I think that that alone. Like you said, the fact that 
Team USA is not winning every year. You have Japan's won three times, but you have multiple countries having an opportunity to play and win. Uh, and then you get all of these guys from these major league teams that actually join again with with their countrymen. It's it's just a great product, and I think it's done a great job. And I, I I'm excited to continue to watch it. Well, and even on the Team Japan side, I don't think it's any secret that I've been cheering on Lars mm-hmm. Newbar through this process uh, because of my Japanese ancestry. I would like to think that maybe. If I ever was a baseball player, I would be able to go play for Team Japan. And but, by the way, you are the president of the Lars Newbar. I, am. Friend, I am the president, CEO, uh, director of janitorial affairs um, of the Lars Newbar <laughs> fan club. I also think it's really cool to see for people to understand how baseball is in different cultures. So you even get to see how Team Mexico celebrates. You even I thought it was really funny when Italy was playing and seeing how you know some of those fans showed up, even with people, Americans with Italian ancestry, just mm-hmm. that pride. And then you look over at Team Japan and people are like, wow, these fans are crazy. Like how nuts they go. Lars Newbar went from 60,000 followers on Instagram to over, I think it's at now, like over 670,000 wow. fans on Instagram. And also I followed the Japanese society here in St. Louis and they've been posting like what Japan has been talking about Lars. One of the things is they say that he has Mount Fuji lips. And so when they say this, they're not making fun of him. They're just talking about like, you know, features that they notice about him and stuff like that. Mount Fuji, you know, is kind of pointy at the top Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know, at the bottom a little bit heavier. So they point out that they've also done like songs and videos talking about his family and how his mom and dad came together. His parents apparently had a traditional Japanese wedding. So it's really cool to see them celebrate. And his parents were able to be there to celebrate with him. And I saw pictures of his mom and the pride that she had Uh that he was able to represent her home country. It was just incredible to see. I will say this. One thing that Clave said yesterday, the game, you can see it is drastically different watching the World Baseball Classic and watching spring training. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was able to flip back and forth between the hockey game, the shootout, and and every pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was, it was postseason. I didn't miss a pitch because I was able to go back and forth because there's no time clock. You can see the difference, and I do think that will help You know, baseball here, be Major League Baseball, be much better also. And apparently a lot of fans surprised by how important the WBC is to players. Here's ESPN's Jeff Passan on that. The fact that they're looking at it with such importance, I think is a surprise to a lot of fans who thought, hey, this is just an exhibition. This is just a tournament that was made up. It only goes back to 2006. This is only the fifth time around. We have to understand something like this takes time to grow. And the quality of the games that we've seen, the fact that you have as many players speaking as highly about it as they have. And this isn't just from the teams that have won. This is the teams that have lost as well. Players afterwards saying, this is one of the best experiences of my life. Beyond that, though, I think it's something for fans to look at and say, hey, it's March. The Major League Baseball season hasn't even begun yet, and we're getting baseball of this quality, October caliber baseball. I know when I look back on 2023, I'm going to remember a really great tournament and a really great display of this game. The games themselves were great. The quality of the competition was great. And I found it notable just that the Cardinals guys, specifically Adam Wainwright, because Mm -hmm. he's won a couple of World Series, he's played in multiple World Series, that he says this is the best thing I've ever been involved with. Well, and even before the game last night, Mike Trout said, 
go ahead and sign me up for 2026. Whether mm-hmm. I'm playing, whatever capacity they need me for, go ahead and sign me up for 2026. That just shows you how excited that these players are, the pride to be able to represent their country. And Team USA, I mean, <laughs> it was just very, very lethal. Now, I will say, I kind of wish Miles Michaelis was the starting pitcher last night for Team USA, at least. Yeah, but he had thrown four innings two days earlier. I know, but it would have been nice. To it would have been nice to have Garrett Cole also, on the good, team or too. Zach Wheeler, Aaron that, Nola. That, they didn't he, have their best guys. Yeah, he they hit did. it right on the head. I was reading Rob Manford saying he wants going forward. He wants the 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 more star pitchers in the World Baseball Classic. Yes. Guys that you know <laughs> those names that you just mentioned. New York Mets. New, New York in total got a got a few guys that can pitch very yeah, well. Scherzer right? and Verlander. And I get Scherzer <laughs> and Verlander. By the way, they're yeah. they're gonna. There's a finite amount of pitches in your arm for right. a season. Right. And to go into March and well. Scherzer already is throwing yeah. high intensity. He could have done it, but he didn't want to. But they need to do a better job. And taking nothing away from Michaelis and Wainwright or Merrill Kelly, who got the start last night from the Diamondbacks. But if you have your your superstar position players, it'd be nice to have your superstar yeah. pitchers pitching too. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. Because I, when you, whenever you saw the lineup, you're like, wow, that's lethal. And then you saw a starting pitching, you're like, oh. This this might this might not go so well. Right. Meanwhile, as we mentioned earlier, the script played out perfectly with <laughs> Shohei Otani facing uh, Mike Trout to end it. Mark DeRosa, who also said this was the highlight of his baseball career. He played 16 years in the majors. Uh, Mark DeRosa was the USA skipper and talked about the game coming down to Trout versus Otani. I was just thinking about all the people around the world watching a game like this. Is it, it never usually co- plays out like that? I just wanted the leadoff hitter on. Jeff got, I mean, we couldn't ask. Jeff gets that, works that nasty walk, and then we have two of the best players in the game back-to-back going against Otani with Goldie behind him. I, I, I felt confident. I really did. But I was well aware. I was like, wow, the baseball world's going to win tonight regardless. Yeah, the baseball world won. I mean, like I said, that moment, either way it goes, you win, right? If Trout gets a hit and, and, and Goldie comes up, you get another opportunity to see it again. But Shohei struck him out. It was it was just fantastic to see. Uh, and, and I'm just really – I think the, the – it's really disheartening for, for baseball in general that Shohei and, and Trout aren't on a – you know the big stage. The, the big stage in October being seen. They are doing themselves a disservice because that team is so bad year in and mm-hmm. year out. And you you have the two best players, two of the best players in the world, and they're not being seen enough in those critical moments. That's why that moment was so big last night. But that, if baseball wants to, and I'm not saying that baseball can do anything because the Angels got to figure that out. But at some point, you know Shohei and and Trout. In, in pinstripes or you know somewhere else where mm-hmm. they're seen a little bit more that that would that could be on the horizon. Don't By the way, Goldie last night 0 for four and Arenado was one for three with a walk. So Goldie struck out twice 0 for four. Yeah, I don't want to see him in pinstripes, Carrie. You know what we want? It we want to see them in the correct red. Okay, so the correct we can, red. Can we split it? We can get Shohei and and yes. and, and the the Yankees can get Trout. Can sure. We do that? That's fine. Let's sure. make it happen right now. But, who, who do I need to call? <laughs> Here's another thing, too. Whenever I saw Shohei last night as well, it made me think about who was that um, brought... Was it, was it Stephen A. Smith that said that Shohei will never be a superstar because he doesn't speak yeah. English? Yeah. Yeah. When I saw what Shohei did during this World Baseball Classic and what happened last night, that was a super megastar moment for him. There was... Language wasn't needed. It was huge. And also, I felt like it just kind of grew his reputation even more, his stardom even more, because people should understand how 
rare what he is doing and how special this is and how you won't really ever see a talent like this, I don't think, ever again. No, and that was just such a foolish, unthinking <laughs> comment on the part of Stephen A. Smith. It was. How, you watch these Michelob Ultra commercials. How often does Serena Williams talk in a Michelob <laughs> Ultra commercial? Right? Or any any athlete, Jimmy Butler or... Uh, you don't you don't have to talk to be able to sell things. And no. you, but I, I, I do. I mean, he does speak English. He does understand mm-hmm. English. He probably just doesn't feel comfortable speaking it as he does in his first language. So, you know, when when it's funny because I was talking about David Ortiz asking him what planet you are from before the translator <laughs> could translate. It, he was laughing. He understood yeah. exactly what he was saying. But yeah. just so he can get it clarified, you know, he, he understood it. Say it to me so I can understand it for sure. And now I can respond. He understands. It, it was it, it it's just you know it's not so much him not wanting to speak english in 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 certain aspects in certain areas it's more where he is and who he's playing for is the reason why he's not a bigger star in america right now because the angels stink yep. and they got to play it's better it's disappointing that they mike trout after seeing that beautiful moment mike trout and shohei have to go back to the angels <laughs> no, they've signed some pitchers they'll, they'll be mediocre this year uh, what, are they finish? what are they yeah. finishing Third? Uh, yeah. they, do they make the playoffs? No. When's the last time they made the playoffs? 2014. Got swept by the Royals. Here is this. Albert Pujols played 10 years. years there, never was in a playoff, or that's never won a playoff game. Awful. Yeah, nine years, I guess. That's and, awful. And we have to give a shout out too, to Schwarber. That was yeah, a for huge you know, the home run. Hit a yes. bomb last night. Yeah, that was, was incredible. We've not like we've seen that. Coming up, spring has sprung. That's right. Spring is officially here, even though the weather's not going to be great. A lot of things happen in the spring. Young love starts to bloom. And that's why you need Uncle Randy. <laughs> and coming up here on the opening drive on 101 ESPN, we've got Ask Uncle Randy. Just get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YO-HO. And if you'd like to participate, if you need some advice from your uncle or your cousins, feel free to check in to Ask Uncle Randy. It's next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. If your homework means a new deck, turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, trex, evergreen, and azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber says. St. Peter's is your go-to place for a huge selection of quality bedding plants, perennials, and hanging baskets. They also carry topsoil and potting mix for your gardening needs. Come visit all Hackman Lumber Showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. You know, I've been around, you know. There you go. Hey, we got a lot of texts in already on the text line 314-399-9646. Matthew, what do you got? 
This one seems a little bit harsh, Randy, but I'm going to dive right into All it. Right, let's do it. Dear Uncle Randy, my girlfriend is a barista, and I'm an accountant. She's not applying herself at all to upgrade her employ- employment, and I'm gradually covering more of the bills. Is it wrong if I'm considering breaking this off? Absolutely not. No. If you don't feel like there's a future with her, and you have different expectations of her than she has for herself, then it's not going to work in the long run anyway. And uh, she... She might be very happy being a barista and very comfortable being a barista. There, that is a great occupation. We need baristas. But if you aren't happy with her being a barista and you want her to be something that she's not right now, then I would advise you to break it off. It's not a smart move to be with somebody who you, who isn't what you want. Uh, yeah, I think if you are, uh, if there is frustration because she's not able to or unwilling to do more in in terms of you know what's going on if you're all living together i assume in the household i think you have to have to make some tough decisions well yeah so it sounds like they live together i'm guessing Mm -hmm. right yep and that he's footing all the bills i think one transparency matters because i feel like a lot of the times in relationships you just sit and you let these feelings fester you assume things and you assume that there are intentions behind things Maybe try having a conversation with her first. If you haven't already saying, hey, I feel like I'm taking, you know, the brunt of all these bills. Can you help out with all this stuff? If she's a barista at Starbucks, I feel like they actually have really good benefits. Right. She could also be a barista that's going through college. Yeah. There could be other stressors or things like that in her life. But how did you guys get to this point where you are taking care of all the bills? Maybe try a talk at least first. And But if she's basically saying, yeah, I'm pretty much freeloading off of you, then yeah, that's a problem. But maybe there's more to the story. Because I think one of the worst things you can do in relationships is assume or project on that person of, you must be trying to screw me over or take all the right. money from me. And I, I would also say that if your relationship is going to be based upon, or if your feelings about the relationship are going to be based upon what your significant other does for a living then it's probably not going to work out. It's pro- that's kind of a transactional approach to yeah. to life. So if you, you break up, maybe reevaluate the type of person that you're looking mm-hmm. for in a partner. Yeah. There you go. Dear Uncle Randy or Cousin Carrie, some friends at my, I have to edit, I think he said, I think he, wants, he meant to say Jim, want to get a group to a karaoke bar because I sing sometimes. What song do I choose and how do I get someone else to sing along with me? Okay, everybody has their song. <laughs> my song actually is uh, one that, you wouldn't think that I would sing. It's Oceanfront Property by George Strait because it's easy to sing. If you like country music, that's an easy one to sing. I know uh, Martin Kilcoin likes to do the the old uh, con the the old convoy song from the seventies. We got a little convoy trucking through the night. Uh, so that's kind of a sing along song. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah, I've never so heard this song. Convoy. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so I. I, you got to text in and tell us what genre of yeah, music you yeah. prefer, because like we aren't going to advise you to do rap like yeah. I can do rap, right? <laughs> exactly. Randy Harry. all on his own. Yeah. Come on, you buddy. Gotta, I know. I know. This is your. This is your. Well, this is you your know, niche, baby. I, Come well, on. It's kind of you know. It's it, for me. It's going to be like Boys to Men, Usher, mm-hmm. somewhere in that that realm. Uh, Find a song that that people know the words to because That's when they important. get to the certain <laughs> yep. part, the end of the room, everyone is gonna sing. 
And, and yeah. so, you know, it's find a song that, that most people are aware of. If you sit, if you pick a song that only you know, <laughs> only you are going to be singing. Yeah, so that's right. Yeah, <laughs> That's the, the key part. If you want people to join in, uh, and people generally will join in once you... Um, yeah, you know, once you get going, if it's a it's a song that's pretty familiar to them. Well, my experience from being around the Music City is that a hit that everybody seems to know, at least in the South, is Wagon Wheel. As mm-hmm. soon as you put on Wagon Wheel, the entire bar is going to start singing that song. And then personally, I like Shania Twain. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Yeah, you can never go wrong with Shania Twain songs. No. By the way, Carrie is one of those guys that gets up and does karaoke, and then everybody else just says, "No, I'm not singing." <laughs> yeah. After that, no, I I can't, can't top that. Follow up that. Yeah, yeah. can't follow that. Well, yeah, every now and then. Yeah, yeah. Brooke, you're, you're you're the country expert. What version of Wagon Wheel are you going to listen to if you have the choose? <laughs> Darius Rucker. I can't believe you answered that. What? Oh I love Darius Rucker. Old Crow, Medi- Old Crow Medicine Show version every time. No, Absolutely. Darius Rucker. Oh, that's a and by the way, answer. I think he's coming to town soon, and I will sing with can't him when from he sings so Wagon Wheel. You, you, I, add, I you, don't you, even know if I know Wagon Wheel. So you, you say to her, Rock. you're the expert. What version should we go? She yeah, says, and then you say, you're terrible. It's wrong. Terrible expert. <laughs> Apparently, I put my faith in the wrong expert, Randy. Picture. Yes. Put my faith in the wrong expert. It goes back to what we said yesterday. <laughs> perfect picture. Right I thought there. you were I thought you're the expert. Oh, actually, no, you're not. All the money, you turn away. All the money in my pocket, I thought she was going to say the correct answer, which is Old Crow Medicine uh, Show. Also, the correct answer so, is Darius so clearly, Rucker. Yeah. Clearly, she's not the expert, mm-hmm. Rock. You are. Not in country music, I'm no. not putting that song. <laughs> uh, I'm, taking, I'm taking this one. I'm sorry. Did I'm you taking this did one. Did you grow up? Did you grow up in Nashville? The, the I music did not. city? Oh, I did not, but I'm not, choosing Hootie, I'm not choosing the lead singer of Hootie and the Blowfish <laughs> playing old country songs, all I'm saying. He's a country star. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, I'm getting married in October down in Florida in lieu of a reception. My fiance's parents have decided to give us all that money as a down payment on a house to get us out of an apartment. What is the best way to go forward with this? Because we don't actually know how much money we're going to have during that time. I would suggest start looking. I would hope that you have a little bit of savings set set aside so that you can start the house purchase as well. But what you need to do is, because obviously you're you're pretty young and you, you don't know how much to spend, I would start looking for homes in, look what you, think about it this way. $300,000 home, if you can put down 20%, put down 60 grand. Hopefully they'll give you more than sixty grand. But think about it this way: you'll have like a two thousand dollar payment, and just look for homes in that in the area that you like, in that what three hundred thousand dollar range. If if it is a starter home for you, but because you don't know, start with your own money and don't count on theirs, and then you just use theirs as a bonus because what they give you add to your money that you have saved up for a down payment, and that'll reduce your payments. That'd be my suggestion. Rather than going with a, a bigger house that might be a little bit more out of your price range at this point. Mm-hmm. And yeah. enjoy the wedding down in Florida. Congrats. Oh, that would be nice. Yeah, congratulations. I I don't know. how Home buying stuff freaks me out, so mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not the best person to ask on these things. Yeah, my, my son is actually closing on a house tomorrow. Oh. Yeah, so, oh, yeah, so their first house. So uh, I, I'm kind of uh, following along here and getting back into the game. Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, my 12-year-old daughter's B-Day is coming up. I offered to take her and her two friends to the Cardinals game. They all love to play softball, but they said they think they'd be bored. My, and my wife agreed. What should I do? 
Well, if they think that they would be bored, I would suggest asking your 12-year-old what she would like to do. Maybe she'd like to go play putt-butt golf. Maybe she'd like to go bowling or something like that. But if she's going to be bored at a baseball game and you're not going to be bored, <laughs> I would suggest that don't have a birthday party. It'll be a miserable b- yeah. miserable birthday party for her if she is there and bored. So I would say Nick's at this point going to the Cardinal game. Maybe take her to a Cardinal game, her and her friends, on a non-birthday summer night during the course of the summer. And maybe take them to some of the areas like in the, the Ford Plaza where they have the kids section and introduce them to baseball things that aren't necessarily the game yeah. that the Cardinals have set up for kids. It's a really awesome setup for kids, but they're going to go in with a preconceived notion that they're going to be bored if they're saying they're going to be bored right now. Well, and correct me if I'm wrong, that's pretty expensive, too. So I almost feel like you could like maybe just do like a little bouncy house. I guess it's the age. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> Depending right. on the age for the kids. 12 but, is a little old for but, the bouncy house. I'd mess with the bouncy house today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't have a bouncy house right now. <laughs> right now. But I'm just saying, Cardinals game, man, that's, uh, I guess it depends on how many friends she has and you can get tickets. Her. 80% of the Cardinal games, you can get tickets for $10 or less. Oh, okay. And then also, uh, I just now, nobody texted me to give me information for housing information. Mm-hmm. I totally just thought of this myself. Take your annual income and multiply it, multiply it by three, and that's the answer. If for your home? looking for, yes. Okay, good. There you go. My fiance, who knows this stuff, did not text me that whatsoever. <laughs> I totally thought, I thought of that it was myself. Like your mortgage is supposed to be more than a third of your monthly take home or something like that. I thought that was like the... Well, like you have to add in what? Uh, how much do you have to spend on a an engagement ring too? That's like a portion of your I salary. It was like three months. Three months. Whoa, whoa, whoa! What are microwaves going for right now? <laughs> yeah, microwaves. <laughs> they used to be a good call. Not anymore. <laughs> Dear Uncle Randy, cousin Carrie, and cousin Brooke, why does every IT department hold so much power in every company? Every time I need their help or assistance, I feel like a peasant groveling at the feet. <laughs> <laughs> Because you need computers, and they know that they can withhold production within the building. Our IT department, Craig Rutledge, danger, uh, is sensational. We love him. But he's also spread quite thin with essentially six radio stations and a sales staff. And so... uh, and by the way, yesterday I think the phones went down yeah. and he had to fix it. So there's a lot of stuff that he has to handle, and he does have an extraordinary amount of power uh, within this building. By the way, eventually we're going to get cameras here in our studio so, so that you you'll be able to watch faces. us on the YouTube. That's that's awesome. Well, it makes me think of too. Anytime I think of like an IT department, and how frustrated they are, it makes me think of that SNL Jimmy Fallon skit mm-hmm. where he walks in, he's like. Ah. Have you not just restarted it yet? <laughs> right. Yeah. Have you restarted it? Is it plugged in? I think that's why everybody gets really nervous uh, because you're like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing or what buttons I'm pressing. Yeah. My uh, my computer, I need up. Craig, if you're listening, uh, yeah, I, I need up. I need to be able to use a printer. I do. I, I do not have a print uh, computer right now in this building that I can print from. I got a new computer last year. I had to get a new one. Yeah, that. The old one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the old one got broken. How'd that get broken, CD? Uh, we were playing Lutheran North, and we were watching film. <laughs> playing and like, I was into the computer. just so tired of the answers that I was getting. <laughs> <laughs> Out of nowhere, a helmet came flying through the air. Uh, more like a fist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Won't make that decision again, but uh, it's a new computer. It was it was old anyways, Randy. Yeah, it was, you just, you needed an upgrade. It was like 12 years old. It, it oh, was well. time. Yeah, who's, who's, who had the whiteboard over the weekend? Uh, team? Purdue. Purdue, Purdue yeah. yeah. I did that too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for your text to ask Uncle Randy. Love playing with you every week. And uh, hey, have a, have a, so, spring is here. It's springtime officially. So enjoy your spring. And uh, young young love is in the air. Spring love, young love, whatever it's called. Uh, yeah, enjoy it. 
Have fun with it. Not for that one couple. Well, they'll, they'll, <laughs> oh, they'll yeah. be fine. They'll be fine. Have a coffee. Maybe. Hey. <laughs> oh, I have coffee. <laughs> Randy. Who's making it? The barista. He's going to make it himself from here on out, is what it sounds like. Yeah, he's going to be. So. I'm not saying anything else. <laughs> Take it or leave it. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN. Get your text in 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. Take it or leave it on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final offer. Take it or leave it. Matthew Rocchio and Brooke Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carrick. Time for Teoli here on 101 ESPN. And guys, I don't know if you noticed this. You do realize that they have uh, brothels in Nevada, right? <laughs> what? Well, yeah, they do. This and, is not and, where I was expecting this to go well, at it goes 7.52 everywhere. this morning. <laughs> so uh, two young ladies, Caitlin Bell and Alice Little from the famous Chicken Ranch brothel in Nevada have offered Jimmy Garoppolo free pleasure for life. Bell said a statement, I almost fainted when I heard Jimmy signed with the Raiders. He deserves free pleasure just for joining our team, but he gets free pleasure for life from us because he's such a legit babe. (laughs) Take it or leave it. If Jimmy G takes Alice and Caitlin up on the offer, he will enjoy it for the rest of his life. Oh, uh, you, you have gotten nervous. I don't think they're going to work there for the rest of their lives. No, no they probably won't. I, I'm going to just leave that and stay out of yeah. it. He might, he might have something else for the rest of his life. You never know. I don't yeah, that's know. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just be I, careful. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to leave that too. But didn't he go on a date? Yes, he did. With a uh-huh. adult actress, I guess I should say. Yeah, he did. Really? Oh, yes, yeah. you don't remember that? It was all over the place. I, I, and by uh, by the way, Caitlin it Bell... It was like a few years ago. Yeah, really? Caitlin, Caitlin Bell is in the industry. And Alice Little is a uh, a worker advocate and an intimacy coach. So maybe that'll help him out in the long run. Somebody's, an somebody, intimacy coach. Somebody, <laughs> is that a real thing? Somebody texted in, Jimmy G will be crafty. And the crafty is spelled with a K, if you guys uh, know where he, they're going to go Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I see you, Jimmy G. Uh, Randy, I'm sure that that's what the NFL planned on when they moved to oh, Team to Vegas. They couldn't have thought anything other than gambling and and adult workers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what better place to be than have football in Las Vegas, right? <laughs> it's NFL. It's perfect. Uh, Randy, there was a uh, the, the head coach Tim Tobin Anderson from FDU mm-hmm. had a great win over Purdue. Obviously, second time a 16 seed beat a number one seed. He recently got the head coaching job at Iona. Take it or leave it, that job was offered to him right after the game before he got on the bus. Oh, yeah, I'll take after that. The, right yep. after the Fairleigh-Dickerson-Purdue yep. game. He, he, they got yep. a call. Hey, you want this job? Sure. You got another game? We'll talk about it when you get done. We'll yeah. see shortly. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. <laughs> He's going to get it. It's crazy because he won, he won one game, right? I wonder if he, if he doesn't win that first-round game. Like, Rick Pitino... Uh, and, and I don't remember the story exactly, but he had a player named Delray Brooks at Providence. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Similar situation, first round game. 
and Brooks hits a couple of free throws at the end of a game, Providence wins, goes on to the Final Four. If Delray Brooks doesn't hit those free throws for Providence, Rick Pitino probably never becomes Rick Pitino. Yeah. One player making a couple of shots. Yep. The guy at USC, Andy Enfield, he's been there for eight years. He was the Florida Gulf Coast coach. Mm, yep. Yeah, Georgetown, yeah. Georgetown, right? Yep. The two fifteen win. Uh, and it's amazing how... One opportunity. Yep. Little tiny things can lead to people getting great jobs with big money. It's awesome. Okay. Take it or leave it. Marco Scandella, his return was about a month ago from injury, from the long-term injured reserve. It's not a coincidence that the Blues' defense has also improved during that time as well. Brooke, I'm going to take that. And he actually came back before he was supposed to. He was supposed to be out six months. He was out five. But he's a really good, steady player. And it's been mentioned on the telecast and our broadcast several times. He just looks so much smoother than he looked last year. I think that hip was really bugging him. And we weren't aware of how much Mm -hmm. it was affecting him. I'll take it as well. I think he's, uh, you know, they they are playing better defensively and, and collectively. All of them are are really buying in. Uh, you might say it's a little too little, too late, but better late than never. So it's um, it's an opportunity to continue to get better and see how well they can finish this season out and what they'll look like next year. And well, he's in my group for next year. Scandell is in my group right now for next year. Yeah, and, well, he returned, too, from hip surgery. So if he was having those hip issues, I think that's what we saw mm-hmm. with him prior. Yep. And, honestly, I wasn't looking forward to his return. I was like, keep him out as long as possible. But the timing of this, one, I think Pareko is a little bit more comfortable, too. I'm sure having that trade deadline out of the way helps make him mm-hmm. feel a little bit more confident and comfortable that he's staying here with the Blues. He knows his place. But I don't think it's a coincidence that Scandell returns the Blues defense looks a little bit better a little bit smoother and even last week he said he feels like he has another level in him playing wise and he's 6'3 and 212 and uses his size not many of the Blues defensemen use their size like Scandella does what do we got on the text line Matthew take it or leave it if Kerry Davis had been born earlier he would have fit nicely into the STL Big Red Air with Otis Anderson and Stump Mitchell oh I'll take that I, I yeah. actually have a feeling that I was supposed to be born in like the 50s and spend a lot of my 20s mm-hmm. in the 70s. I, I feel like big Afro pork chop sideburns. I'd have been. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, that would have been, been fun. Right? Been you know, you would have been, been a super, problem. The Super Bowl shuffle you would have put together? Oh, man. Yes. Oh, that would have been, been amazing. So the, the big red at that time had a fullback named Earl Farrell. And he had the same kind of skill set as you. You mm-hmm. were a better blocker, mm-hmm. but he, he was a receiver out of the backfield. You had better hands than him. Yeah, you would have been a much better fit. I would have. I'd have had. A, I might be a Hall of Famer. Okay, I so just got in my mind, carrying Otis Anderson doing a step out like the Temptations. I grew up hating, hating George Allen, who was the head coach of the Redskins, and George Allen was really good friends for whatever reason with Robert Highland, who was a general manager at KMOX, and. George Allen wound up doing football cardinal analysis with Bill Wilkerson in 1987. We're at a game in San Diego, and the Cardinals come back. I think they get to they were down like 28 to three. They get to within 28 24 at the end of the game, and pass from the five yard line. Lomax to Earl Farrell, who was the fullback, had some drug problems. Drops the ball in the end zone. Easy play mm-hmm. with 10 seconds left. 
George Allen on the broadcast. Jesus Christ! <laughs> it, was, it was fantastic. I, I, I actually wound up loving the, 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 the late George Allen. But yeah, that's my memory of Earl Farrell in a game is dropping that touchdown, easy touchdown pass in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he says, take it or leave it. The segment, the segment should be moved to 8.05 after the kids get dropped off. Quote unquote, Dad, what's a brothel? Oh, no. <laughs> I didn't think about that. Yeah, something that, that, that we have in chicken noodle soup. <laughs> oh no! I'm no, sorry for the tough conversations that we sparked today. No, sometimes you, know you do have to have real conversations have, yeah, with your thank kids. You, By the way, mean, <laughs> it's somebody, says, somebody says, "Take it or leave it." It's not too late for that look, Carrie. It, it, well, the afro, yes, it is. <laughs> is that ship sail? That ship is gone. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> the pork chop sideburns, I can still rock those, but. <laughs> the afro is uh is long long past. It's long overdue. I can't do that. You're doing, you're doing a chin afro. Yeah, there you go. I can't grow it out the top. I grow it out of my face. How about That's- that? I remembered that game. I, I remembered that game to a T. How about that? It was twenty eight to nothing, and the Cardinals get a touchdown pass from Lomax to the third, a field goal. Then in the fourth quarter, Jay Novacek catches a touchdown pass from Lomax. Stump Mitchell with a 17-yard touchdown pass from Lomax, 28-24, and Earl Farrell dropped it at the end. I mm. can't believe it. I remember that. I, I, I completely believe it. Uh, take it or leave it. <laughs> Hofer and Biddington win the Jennings Trophy next year. Take it. Best goalies in the league. Great defense. Yeah, they're going to it's going to be awesome. Thank you, Matthew. Just going just gonna to say great defense and just roll with it. Great. Yeah, they're going to play. Right. The Blues will play great defense and they will win the Jennings Trophy. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Flip it off. Yeah. Uh, thanks for your texts. We do appreciate them. Coming up, has the World Baseball Classic reached the point now of being a sports staple similar to the Olympics? That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the opening drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. Shohei Otani striking up Mike Trout to end the World Baseball Classic for 2023. That's the Japanese call. That's exactly what he said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Verbatim. Him up. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's the Japanese yeah. call. So this was huge, obviously. And during the course of the tournament, TV viewership continued to increase. The players raved about it. As a matter of fact, last night after the final out, Mike Trout said, I already told them I'm doing the next one, so I'm already in. He said, if I'm DHing, playing left field, wherever they want, I'm in. I'm in. And I think that's coming from all the guys, talking to them and just how proud we are wearing that across our chest in the ninth inning here, a USA chance. It's special, man. So Trout is in. The players really did. The, the position, star position players really bought in and had a great time. And Rob Manfred said it's coming back in 2026. I wonder how anticipated 2026 will be after the excitement that 2023 generated. Because this was different than any other baseball classic that I recall. Oh, yeah. I mean, even so they have put out the numbers for at least the first round. And it said that according to the organizers, the fifth edition of the tournament drew well over a million 
through the first round, representing a 98% increase from the previous World Baseball Classic record. It's amazing. And you, you think about the on-hand fans. They sold out games in Miami. My, the Marlins never sell out games. So, <laughs> I mean, that ballpark. That has to be hard for the Marlins to yeah. realize that. Be like, oh, Seats okay. that had never been sat in oh, before. Wow. <laughs> they, 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 they work, actually. We, we can sit people there. I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah. But it, I do think that the players can help generate more interest in this. If, yeah. if guys during the – you know Adam Wainwright's going to talk about this a lot because he was so proud to represent the country. And I think that's the big thing. I, I shot Adam a text after he uh, pitched the other night and just said, hey, thanks for representing America. And I think these guys are, were all really proud, to, not just American guys either. Everybody, Lars Nootbaar to represent Japan. Yeah. Giovanni Gallegos to represent Mexico. Uh, Andre Pallante to represent Italy. I think everybody that participated was really proud to put a country's name across their chest. And I think it'll be bigger and bigger for Major League Baseball. Yeah, I think just uh, you hear all the stories, you hear the excitement uh, that the that the men were able to to have while they were playing with their with their teams, Team USA, Team Israel, everyone, everyone, Italy, everyone was having such a great time. And, and really uh, enjoying that moment with guys that they normally don't get to spend as much time with. It, it, you heard about Adam Wainwright talking about just the the energy and, and how much those guys were just around each other, learning, picking up different pieces of the game. I talked about it yesterday, how every one of those men were standing around the 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 – the, the batting cage watching mm-hmm. Ken Griffey take his his swings it's just for me those are moments that you can't ever get back in and you want to be a part of that if you have an opportunity to do so I'm a fan of having it at this time of year I know there's a lot of people that want to take a two-week break during the season because the players are in mid-season form I thought the quality of baseball was fine yeah I think keeping it at this time of year to get the season started oh, works yeah. for baseball too. I would hate to have a two week like for the Olympics to have a two week break for baseball yeah. in the middle of the season. Well, yeah, and it, it just gets you more excited for the season that is about to start, and to also see these players because look, we all know the Angels haven't been great. I think mediocre is a good way to mm-hmm. put it, and so you actually get to see more of Mike Trout and Shohei Otani competing at such a big stage, and I think that was really important for this too. Baseball needs those two to be yes. in the public eye, don't they? And yes. Brooke, you said it earlier, and you're 100% right. It doesn't need to be in pinstripes. What they need to do is to find a way to get other teams relevant rather than having the Yankees and Red Sox be the only relevant American League teams. Yeah. And unfortunately, because of what the Astros have done, people don't respect the mm-hmm. Astros. There really isn't another franchise to me in the American League that garners, even though the Red Sox finish in last place a lot, that garners the headlines of the Yankees and the Red Sox. And I think that the Angels are the perfect team out in the L.A. Metro. I know that that's not L.A., but they are the Los Angeles Angels. I think, and they draw well, I think they could be a big deal. You would think that because they are the Los Angeles Angels, they changed the name from California Angels to Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. They've tried to remarket themselves to be what they want to be, the the, the big franchise in, in L.A., the second big franchise, baseball franchise in L.A. It just hasn't happened for them. They need to win. They need to mm-hmm. figure out ways to win, get better players. You got two of the best players of all time. You had three when you had Albert Pujols. You had you had two with him and Trout. Now you got two with Shohei and, and Trout. You got to find a way to figure out a way to win baseball yep. games on a consistent basis, and that will allow your star players to be seen more. 
that's really the only way that it's going to happen because they are stuck in in in, in mediocrity. With, they are. They're stuck in mediocrity with the Los Angeles Angels. It's never going to happen unless they find a way to win. And also just appreciating the fandom. I know I saw some people when they were in Japan too, seeing like how they experience baseball game days. They have like dugout dancers and like constant things going on. It makes you like. Maybe we should try to bring some of that over oh, to the States Real a little cool bit. intros, like dark with the spotlight yeah, intros and stuff. Yeah. yeah, that'd be fun. And I suggested the other day, here in St. Louis, have a bunch of St. Louis, giant St. Louis flags in the stands. Yeah. People are waving. Like City SC did? Exactly. Same thing. Yeah, that's, <laughs> Might be a little distracting for the pitchers, maybe. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they could deal with it. Yeah, if, you don't, if you don't like it, play better. Oh, man, <laughs> if you could put a TIFO up in the batter's eye while the other team's batting to screw with it. I bet baseball wouldn't allow it, but that'd be fun. No, like, I don't think near the batter's eye, I mean, over yeah. in the bleachers, that'd be fun. Why not? If you can, if you can do anything, if you can do anything to people behind a free throw, why not? Come on, baseball, have some fun. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good thought. The baseball is trying to has done enough. They, they you're gonna, yeah. you're gonna the, ruin the game. The, the, the batter's eye is green for yeah. a reason. <laughs> All right, uh, that's today's fresh take here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, the Blues are playing well. We're going to talk to Bernie Federico about why next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. One, two, three, four. Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. The Blues fall in a shootout last night to the Detroit Red Wings by a score of 3-2. Another really competitive game for the Blues. They had beaten Winnipeg the game before 3-0. They had knocked off Washington last Friday 5-2. Uh, they, they allowed eight goals to Minnesota last week, but they played a good game against Vegas back on March 12th, lost 5-3. And they, they seemed to me to be more competitive. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. The Hall of Famer Bernie Federko is standing by. Good morning, Bernie. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. I'm doing great, thanks. Hey, uh, do you agree with me? This team seemed to go into a lull after the trade deadline, but it seems to me that competitively they have bounced back a little bit. They have, Randy. I I would agree uh, totally. I mean, uh, I think that when something like that happens, a lot of good friends get traded. Uh, I think that probably mentally you're thinking that maybe you are one of the guys, too, that might happen, too. So I, I think there was a lull. I think maybe... I don't want to call it shock, but maybe depression, if you want to call it. And uh, certainly, I think that they've uh, now kind of come to life again. I think they all understand that they have jobs to do, and they can't remember or can't you know must forget about the past and 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 look to the future. So I think that's what's happening. And I think everybody is giving a little bit more, and I think playing and they're obviously playing under less pressure now uh, because the, the trade deadline's over, and, and it doesn't look like they're going to make the playoffs, so they're just playing. Bernie, I asked this a little bit earlier in our take it or leave it. Do you think it's a coincidence the Blues defensively have improved since Marco Scandella's return? It's helped, Brooke. There's no question that he was a a key piece last year. Uh, He's a big guy. And I think uh, when you look at especially defending, uh, that's what the defensemen are supposed to do for the most part. And that's what Marco is. He's not an offensive guy. He did score a goal last night, but uh, he is more of the defensive side of it. And, and when you have that size back there, it certainly helps. So, yes, I think he's 
he's uh, made a difference back on defense. Hey, Bernie, looking at uh, Joe Holfer, he started the last three games, got two wins, uh, got the overtime loss yesterday. What have you seen from him, and, and how good can this young man be? Well, to me, it's a small sample size right now, Kerry, but uh, uh, only what, five games now in his, in his couple, couple of years now. But uh, from what I've seen, I've been very, very impressed. I mean, first of all, he's, he covers a lot of ice. I mean, he's six foot five. He's a big guy, so a lot of the net is not there to shoot at. Uh, but he's very poised. I mean, the guys have talked about that on the air, is about how confident he is. I think Chief has said the same thing, that uh, he's very confident in his ability. But I love the way he covers the net. I like the way his positioning is. I like the way he handles the puck. I mean, he's not unlike what Jordan Bennington is like. Uh, he's maybe just a little bigger than Jordan, but I think they play the same type of game, and they, they help the defense a lot by knocking the puck down when it's rimmed around. Uh, they stop it behind the net. They make little plays with it. And uh, I just love to, to be 22 years old right now. Um, there's no question that, that the kid's going to have a hell of a future in the, in, the, in the NHL. Were you surprised that Bennington didn't get the start last night after coming off the suspension? A little bit, uh, I, I uh, but but I but you also know Chief is when when things are going well, he likes to uh, um, you know keep things rolling and, and uh, obviously, you know obviously Joel played very well for um, the game in Washington and, and, and came back with a really really good start uh, the other night uh, as well as, as as he gets a shutout and I, I think Chief has lots of times said when when a goalie gets a shutout he wants to just keep things going so uh, with an extra day of rest uh, it did it made a lot of sense and. Uh, you know, Jordan, I'm sure, chomping to get back in the bit. But I, I think, you know, when you looked at the schedule and what we were reading to it looked like um, Detroit was going to play, um, you know, who so on, on Monday night and then the backup would have been here. So I think it kind of makes sense now that uh, it'll be Huso and, and uh, Bennington that'll go head to head tomorrow night in Detroit. Hey, Bernie, as a player, what happens when a team doesn't Shoot! It seems we we sit here as fans and we say seems pretty easy. Put the puck on the net. Shoot! What happens to a team when they get only twenty two shots and I think it was nineteen against Winnipeg the, the game before? That's a really good idea. A good question, Randy. I, I don't know. I mean, uh, the, the 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 mindset is still to get the puck to the front of the net, and I, I know that you know sometimes shots can get blocked. And in it, I mean, uh, for all of us to sit up top or where we're sitting, it, it's a lot harder a lot of times to get the puck through because there's a lot of guys in the lanes to block shots and there's sticks and all that. But um, I think that uh, there was just a not – not. I mean, the, the game plan should be get more to more pucks to the net. And, and, and I know that's what the game plan is. But uh, for whatever reason, uh, I don't know why the guys are not shooting, but it doesn't seem like they're really getting into position uh, to take the shots. And I think that has a lot to do with kind of – um, concentrating more on defense, and I know that that's something that they've tried to 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 to, to you know to to, to uh, um, communicate with the guys is that hey, this team has got to be back to what it used to be in the in the past is when they played such a solid defensive game, and that was really covering your own end. And I think that maybe they're spending more time in their own zone, and they're not getting pucks into the net into the zone, and then obviously trying to get pucks to the front of the net. But uh, hey. I, I totally agree. I mean, I, I think that there's ne- never a – I mean, Marco Scandella's shot was a perfect example last night. Uh, just a quick shot from the blue line ended up going in. The goalie didn't even react. So uh, they, they do need to get some more offense going by getting more more pucks to the net. Bernie, it seems like this team defensively has turned it up just a little bit in, in comparison to what they were you know, throughout the season, just kind of up and down. They, they seem to have turned on the defense, both the forwards and the defensemen. What is the cause of that? Are they starting to buy into what Barubi has been talking about? 
I think they're just working more as five man units. Um, they're obviously yes. I mean that that has been dwelled. That, that's something that's that's. that's Chief has harped on, I'm sure, every day in practice is that we've got to be better defensively, and and that's no gaps between forwards and defense, and and uh, the little things. I mean, winning the one on one battles, getting in the lane to make sure that the shot gets blocked, or getting a stick to deflect the pass that's coming into a dangerous area. I mean, there was not a lot of shots from the slot last night. I thought they did a good job with that, uh, but yeah, I, I think that that's the things that they're working on right now, and. Um, they are. I mean, and I think Scandella is another reason uh, that they're, 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 you know, they, they get neighbors back last night. So uh, I think there's a lot of different things, but, but certainly uh, the goal has been to be a better defensive team. And I think we're seeing a little bit of that. Bernie, what did you think of that tribute for David Perron last night? Obviously, he was getting emotional, but I think it was really emotional for Blues fans as well. I thought the Blues fans did a, just a marvelous job last night. I mean, uh, uh, that happened to me years and years ago, coming back after my trade, coming back, and the response was so nice, and it's it's very heartwarming. And I thought David was very emotional, but uh, you know what? I I just think it just says so much about the St. Louis hockey fans, uh, um, and I think that's why there's so many of us who stayed back in St. Louis after we've retired because we're treated so well, and uh, you could just see the response. I mean, yes, they do love him. Uh, obviously, David was a big part of the Stanley Cup in 2019 and uh, all blues fans remember that very very well that's been the highlight of of the st louis blues over the course of the what last 60 years or whatever it is so yes uh i give full tribute uh to the blues for doing that but full tribute to the fans for the way they reacted with it Finally, Bernie, you uh, had a chance as a young player to play against that Canadiens dynasty, including the team that had the best record of all time, 132 points in 76-77. The Bruins have a chance to break that record. But I just want to go back as as a young player, and I know you grew up uh, keeping an eye, at least, on the Canadiens, knowing about all of their success. Looking back now, how cool was it to be able to play against Lafleur and LaPerriere and LaPointe and Robinson and, and Dryden and that gang? Yeah, it's, it's really amazing, Randy. And I, I think that I was a big Montreal Canadian fan, too, growing up. So, I mean, it was really special for me to get a chance to play the first time in the forum and play against, you know, some of all those great players that, that played for the Canadians. And it was a dynasty. And, um, you know, I look back and, and, you know, think that, hey, as a kid coming from a small town, and you, you, you only dreamt of it. It would never happen, but it did. So um, uh, those teams... I don't know if you ever, ever can can you know emulate them or or or, or even get the chance to have a dynasty like that. But uh, certainly, what the Boston Bruins are doing uh, is very very incredible. I mean, I think when you look at the Montreal Canadian team, though, um, there were so many stars. Even the even the third and fourth line guys were stars. So uh, Boston's doing this uh, kind of in my in my opinion a different way. I mean, there's mm-hmm. they've got three or four really good players, uh, but every everybody else is playing. Uh, you know, Jim Montgomery's got them playing just that great style of hockey that, that they're hard to beat. I mean, they find a way to win each and every night. So uh, my hat goes off to, to the Bruins. and uh, But certainly, I don't know, no matter how good they are, if they even beat that record, I don't know if we can say that uh, they'll ever be a better team than what, what the Montreal Canadiens had. Burning nine Hall of Famers on that team. Uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and, there, and, there, and there could have been more, Randy. I mean, that, that's how good they were. It was, it was really, I mean, and to play against them, it was almost like, uh, good luck. I mean, and I, I remember the first. I'll tell you a funny story. The first time, I, I when I got called up, the, I mean, they only played a couple of times against each other, and, and Montreal had had got beaten here seven to two 
by by the Blues that year and was one of the few losses they had that year. We went into the Montreal um, now for the, the the game when I got called up. It was either February or March, and it was really the guys were all laughing in the locker room because they thought, well, there's no chance. We're not even getting any shots on goal tonight. <laughs> but it was like, you're going into play in, in this special building and you're nervous as heck. And then the guys are all laughing because it's just, we got no chance. So it, it was, it was quite funny. And we did get beat back. <laughs> Bernie, just one quick question. Cause we're talking about greats here. What about Ovechkin on breaking the NHL record with the 13th 40 goal plus season? Yeah, it's pretty amazing, Brooke, that he's done that. I mean, it's hard to believe that, that, that what he's done and, and, you know, even losing, missing those games with his, with passing his father, too. And I think it took probably a lot of the momentum away from him, too, And because I don't think 50 would be out of the reach by any means. Uh, but uh, he's put together a heck of a career. And it looks, I, I thought for sure there's no one was ever going to beat Wayne Gretzky's record. Now it's still, what, he's got 70 to go still, so it's, 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 a, it's a still a long shot, but... Uh, and he's getting up when he's 36 years old or 37, whatever he is, the Bovi. But, I mean, I think, I guess right now, if anybody's got a chance to do and beat that record, uh, he'll probably hang around and do it. Bernie, great stuff as always. Thanks so much for the time. We appreciate it. Have a great day. Thanks, you guys. You have a great day, too. That is Bernie Federico. You can see him on Bally Sports, pre and post and between periods. By the way, in that game that he was talking about, <clears throat> The Blues uh, won 7-2 here. They go back to Montreal. Like he said, he was called up March 24th of 77, and they lose 6-1. to nah. But they did have shots on goal, so that's good. Not many went in, though. Not many, no. <laughs> Nine Hall of Famers on one hockey team. Pretty good. That's tough. Coming up, we've got the fight. Do we have a fighter? We're good. We, we're good for a fighter here on 101 ESPN. Stick around. It's coming your way. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive. Please welcome Randy Carricker. the opening drive joined by Brooke Grimsley I'm Kerry Davis and it is time for the fight and our fighter today is Ben Ben how you doing hey CD how's it going man I'm doing well brother you ready to roll you are you ready you sound like you got a lot of energy this morning you ready to take on Randy I I, 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 like multiple choice is my strong suit Uh, I had a big latte this morning Uh, (laughs) you know it's not a propel but uh, but we'll, we'll give it a go all right so here we go Ben let's get ready to roll Rest in peace to the great Willis Reed. Reed's most famous moment came when he unexpectedly unexpectedly walked out of the locker room onto the floor to start Game 7 of the 1970 Finals against which team? The Seattle Supersonics, the San Francisco Warriors, or the Los Angeles Lakers? Oh, my gosh. Willis Reed. Man, I've had multiple choices. My strong suit, I'm just going to have to give it a guess. Uh, what were the, what were the uh, Let's just go with the Lakers. All right. Which Nippon baseball player player's posting bid is the highest in Major League Baseball history at $51.7 million? Is it Daisuke Matsuzaka, Yu Darvish, or Sei Suzuki? Oh. Suzuki. 
All right, Ben, which now defunct team drafted St. Louis great and eventual St. Louis Hawks champion Ed McCauley? Was it the Chicago Stags, the St. Louis Bombers, or the Indianapolis Olympians? The Olympians. Last night, David Perron scored his 240th career point in Enterprise Center, the sixth most in the building history. Two former Blues are tied at the top with 281. Pavel Dimitra and who else? Vladimir Tarasenko, Alexander Steen, or Keith Kachuk? The Enterprise Center. Um... Probably wouldn't be Kachuk, would it? Let's go with uh, Tarasenko. All right, we'll double-check the score and bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Ben, how you feeling? You, you said multiple choice was your thing, but then I heard some uncomfortable grunts when those multiple I mean, choices were given. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I chalk it up to luck sometimes when multiple choice uh, works out. Um, I mean, net, net, probably not great. Yeah. Rock is in his bag today. I, I would just say that. <laughs> he is in his bag today with the questions. Randy, say hello to Ben. Ben, good morning. How you doing? Good morning, Randy. Good morning, everybody. Love the show, guys. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for playing. We appreciate it. And, and Randy, as the kid at the big house told me when we played Michigan, good luck. Okay. You're going to need it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Rest in peace to the great Willis Reed. Reed's most famous moment came when he unexpectedly walked out of the locker room and onto the floor and started Game 7 of the 1970 Finals against which team? Lakers. You don't need much luck, do you? Which Nippon professional baseball player's posting bid is the highest in Major League Baseball history at $51.7 million? I'm still thinking Dice K. Matsuzaka. Um, I don't think Matsui went that high. They didn't have posting when Ichiro came. Um, I think I'll 51. That's, I know Dice K was in that area. So I will go with Dice K Matsuzaka. All right, Randy, which now defunct team drafted St. Louis great and eventual St. Louis Hawks champion Ed McCauley? Easy Ed McCauley. Drafted by an NBA team that is now defunct. An NBA, a defunct NBA team originally. Does that mean that the franchise no longer exists? <laughs> the name that, does not exist. The name <laughs> does not exist anymore. I won't get in the weeds. Okay. You need... Well, I, I can go Cincinnati Royals here. Um, so it's just going to be a guess if I take the lifeline anyway. So do I take the one in three or do I just, I'll take the one in three. I'll take the lifeline. Chicago Stags, St. Louis Bombers, or Indianapolis Olympians? Hmm. I wouldn't have gotten any of those. <laughs> Chicago Stags, Indianapolis Olympians, or the Bombers of St. Louis? And this is, was a defunct NBA team? Yep, which now defunct team drafted St. Louis Greek. Okay, easy yet. I don't think the St. Louis Bombers were an NBA team, to my knowledge. So that leaves us Chicago and Indy. And I'm going to go with the market. I'm going to go with the bigger city. I'm going to go with Chicago. 
Last night, David Perron scored his 200th, uh, 240th career point inside Enterprise Center, the sixth most in the building history. Two former Blues are tied at the top with 281. Pavel Dimitria, Dimitri, sorry, Pavel Dimitra, Dimitra, sorry, and who else? 281 points Two, at Enterprise Center. 281, right? Yes. No, you're talking about the number on there? 240 for Perron. For Perron, but 281 yeah. is the record. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <clears throat> So, Hully would not have, well, he would have played there for four years. I don't think he would have gotten to 240. Um, 90, because he, the one was a lockout, so 95, 96, 97. Um, played there a long time to get 280 points in the building. So, we are, we're talking Bacchus played a long time. Prongs played a long time. Chopper played a long time. Um. Okay, I'm I'm missing some. Big Walt. Big Walt played from 01 to 12. Wound up with 500 goals. Would he have gotten 280 points in the building? Um, and I don't think it was anybody of recent. Ah, hey, you know what? I'll go with Vladdy. I'll go with Vladdy Tarasenko. What a turn in the last moment. Because we got a tie, ladies and gentlemen. We got a 2-2 two, two tie between Ben and Randy Carricker. So that takes us to the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. I will ask the tiebreaker who will be closest to the pin. And how we're going to do this is I'll ask the question. Randy will get a moment to write down his answer. Ben, we will then have you answer audibly. They will then read out what Randy Carricker's answer is. And, of course, whoever is closest to the pin will win this edition of the fight. Ben, do you understand those rules? Yes. And Randy, Randy. <laughs> and Randy, do you have a piece of paper? Yes. I do, yes, right here. Okay, well, speaking of NPB greats, Ichiro Suzuki on this day in 2019 finished his career with over 3,000 hits in his MLB career and over 4,000 total when you include his NPB stats as well. So, including his Major League Baseball and NPB stats, how many total hits did Ichiro have across his entire professional career? And I want to make... The little clue I gave you there, it is over 4,000. How many total hits did Ichiro have across his entire professional career, Major League Baseball plus NPB? It's over 4,000. Randy, uh, hold on a second, Ben. Let me, let's yeah. let Randy write down his answer. Hold on here. Um, okay, there you go. All right, we're going to get Randy's answer. Let me make sure I have that. Okay, what is your guess, Ben? I, the number 4,127 jumped in my head. Oh, all right, I got to do, <laughs> do some quick math here really quick. Make sure my uh, make sure my math isn't going to be off here. This is going to be a close one. Wow, you guys are right on top of each other. Okay, then. All right, we have a winner of today's fight. It went to the tiebreaker. Was that enough for Ben to edge out? Randy, are we going to a round two, or does Randy keep moving through a clean sweep of a week? Ring. That bell. The winner and new champion of the fight, yeah. Average Joe Listener. <laughs> you just already started yelling. <laughs> ben, you got it on the tiebreaker. It was a tricky one today, and it finally paid off in your favor. The uh, total hits for Ichiro Suzuki throughout his NPB and Major League Baseball career is 4,367. Randy Carricker was, 300, uh, was 390 off. You were just 240 off. So just by the skin of your teeth, Ben, you win today's fight in the tiebreaker. 
Nice. There we go. Let's go. Awesome. <laughs> there you go. I like the original <laughs> yell more. Let's go through those answers. Rest in power to the captain, the great Willis Reed. His most famous moment came when he unexpectedly walked out and started Game 7 of that 1970s Finals, which they would win over the Los Angeles Lakers and MVP Jerry West. Uh, which NPB players posting bid is the highest in MLB history? It is you, Darvish, who just beat out Daisuke Matsuzaka's with a higher bid in the $51 million range. Which now-defunct team drafted St. Louis great and eventual STL Hawks champion Ed McCauley? For three years in the NBA history, early, early on in it, the St. Louis Bombers were a real franchise, and they did, in fact, have the pick for Easy Ed McCauley. And it is, in fact, Vladimir Tarasenko tied with Pavel Dimitra for the most points in Enterprise history with 281. A 2-2 tie took us to that question about each row where Ben is going to win just closest to the pin. Again, congratulations, Ben. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for joining the fight and the show today. Cool. Thanks a lot, guys. Good Thanks, job, Ben. Man. Good can to have we, you with us. Can we get that cut of every time the, the guest wins? Yeah! Ben and Andre. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> 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 yeah! <laughs> oh, man. That was awesome. Ben on the fight, and we'll talk to him tomorrow. Yep. Hey, coming up, Brooke made a comment yesterday about the platonic teammate friendship between Lars Newtbar and Shohei Otani. So what are some of the great... Sports friendships of all time. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Grimsley is the president, founder, CEO of the Lars Newt Bar Fan Club, and noticed during the Winter Baseball, the World Baseball Classic, that Lars had developed somewhat of a bromance with Shohei Otani, and those guys were always hanging out together, big hugs. He, he got Shohei, Lars got Shohei doing the pepper grinder. They became fast buds. And that's why I stated yesterday, I, I call it platonic soulmates, mm-hmm. right? A friendship where. You just can't be separated, and it would be really rude, right, of Major League Baseball to separate these two from each other because of how beautiful this friendship is. You could just tell that they're meant to be on a team together, specifically the Cardinals, and I think it's rude if we separate them. But it just made me think of when you see those friendships, you love to see that of two players that are so close together, kind of compete with each other, challenge each other like that. It makes you think of some of the other great sports platonic soulmate friendships. And the most recent great one that we had here was Yadi and Wayno. Heck, they've got a Best Buds beer collection <laughs> yeah. for, for Yadi and Wayno, and they're indelibly tied forever because of the, the battery record. And they would sit on the bus together. They, they called themselves brothers. Mm-hmm. They That is one of the great sports relationships ever put together. Randy, that's the best part about being a professional athlete. Playing any sport, whether it's college, high school, high school, college, or, or professionally, is when you get to be around guys for, for an extended period of time and, and form those bonds, they become closer than, than family because you're actually around them more than you are your own family. We saw it last year, like I said, with Newt and and, and, and Albert. Albert had a mm-hmm. little bit of that as well. There was, there was that friendship, that relationship. And there have been some throughout sports. One that, that comes to mind for me is um, Elvis Andrews and, and Adrian Beltre. Just the, the antics mm-hmm. that they would have on the field. Uh, they would, anytime there was a pop-up, both of them would be standing right there, and one of them was going to catch it, and the other one was like, hey, what are you doing? Why are you right here? Or Elvis would always, Adrian Beltre, it seemed like he hated to have his head rubbed, yep. and 
Elvis is the only one that can get away <laughs> with doing it. He take his helmet off, rub his help, rub his rub his head, and then run away. Mm-hmm. Like those are the things that when you're a teammate and you know what really makes someone tick and really upsets them, but you continue to do it because it's funny. Those are when that's when you're having a lot of fun as a as a as a professional athlete. If you have any texts, weigh in right now three one four three nine 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 six four six. Yes, there's there's a lot of beautiful, beautiful moments. I think of some current ones, especially in St. Louis. You think of Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt. Mm-hmm. Those two are best bros. They were meant to be together. <laughs> um, I also think of um, Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron when mm-hmm. they were both here. Remember when they had those Halloween costumes where they yeah. like peanut butter and jelly? I forgot what it was. It was something <laughs> really exactly cute. It, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And... Um, also, you could probably say Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo mm-hmm. as well. And then up and coming duos that we will really like, I think, especially over the years, I say Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker. I like that. Right. They've yeah. grown up a lot together, yeah. and it seems like they have a really close friendship and bond. Yeah, and we have a couple of great historical ones. Ozzie and Willie. When Willie came up yeah. to the majors, he lived with Ozzie and actually wound up sticking around for a couple of years. <laughs> and, uh, and they're still inseparable. And... I'm telling you guys, when Hull and Oates were together, not only on the ice, every time you saw Brett Hull out, Adam Oates was with him. It that's, was unbelievable how tight those two were when they were playing together. That's pretty cool. I mean, like I said, when you when you can bond and, and form a friendship and that becomes more than just that with someone, it, it it's something that lasts for lifetimes. I think about a lot of my college teammates. Mm-hmm. I'm still – those are my best friends. Like, we are we are joined at the hip at times. Whenever we go places, we hang out, we, we always are talking. It's – those are memories and, and friendships that last lifetimes. Yeah, we got a t- uh, several texts with the, the the point of Bob Gibson and Tim McCarver. Yeah. Oh. That was another one. Lifelong yeah. friends. I, I love that. I also, I, I read an article about how their friendship started, especially during that time period when there was a lot of racial tensions and mm-hmm. how Bob Gibson really helped McCarver understand all that and how they bonded together yep. over that and built that huge friendship. Yeah. If anybody's ever seen the movie Brian's Song, it's accurate and true to life. So Brian Piccolo and Gail Sayers was one of the all-time greats. Uh, and uh, somebody had another really good one here. Hold on. Twist and pro- Probert. Uh, uh, yeah, right. <laughs> Twister and Chaser. You know, when, uh, when yeah. Twister was here and Chaser was playing for the Hartford Whalers, uh, Chaser rented his house out mm-hmm. to, to Twister. And those two, yeah, they... They're still very tight and get along very well. And Stan and Red, Stan Musial, Red oh, Chain, these yeah. the teammates and and buddies forever. I mean, like I said, it's it's one. I mean, we talked to Dan Deardorff a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and and just his memory of Conrad Dobler, just the the friendships that you have with your guys. It's it's you find ways to mm-hmm. pick at them because it's hilarious watching one of your teammates go crazy over something so so small is one of the funnest things in a locker mm-hmm. room. But you just continue to do it. It's like, dude, chill out. Why are you so mad? And and you're going to continue to pick at them because it's hilarious. But only. Only you can do that, right? No one else can come out from the outside and bother. No one else can come around and rub Adrian Beltre's head because he might yeah. really snap. But Elvis Andrews could because they're brothers and they're great teammates. So it's always fun to have those moments in, in locker rooms. Athletes that are platonic soulmates. And we do get the smart Alec text of uh, Brendan Shanahan and Craig Janney. No, it wasn't Shanahan and Janney. It was Shanahan and Janney's wife. And it was not platonic. Oh. But they are soulmates because they're still married. Wow. Oh, no. That's a low blow. Whoa. It happened. It, it does happen yeah. in many places. It, it, it's, it has happened yeah. before. Yeah, not exactly platonic with that one. Oh, here's a good tennis one. And I, I was going to bring this up as well. Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. That, oh, that, that's a great one. Those two, 
I mean, growing up as a tennis player, just watching those who their friendships and how they competed against each other, but respected each other. Mm-hmm. And even last, was that, or is that this year or end of last year, Federer retiring and Nadal and him crying together. Yeah, yeah. Such a beautiful moment. And when you brought up tennis, I thought they, that you were going to say Martina and Chrissy, oh, yeah. because that one evolved into just a, a great friendship as well. Yeah. Great subject and fun to have your text with us on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset. Tell you about what's going on today here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the Opening Drive with today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. Nine oh two in St. Louis. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Hey, one week from tomorrow, we'll be broadcasting live from the Budweiser Brew House at Ballpark Village for opening day. The Cardinals' home opener is finally here. We're going to be set up just steps away from the stadium. The opening drive, BKM Ferrario, and the Fast Lane will be broadcasting live next Thursday, March thirtieth, from Ballpark Village. Our opening day coverage brought to you by Rawlings Green Envy Lawn Care and Budweiser, and we'll be talking to the Cardinals' Pobo John Mozalock for the opening drive that day. We're also going to be joined. By by Bob Costas and uh, several other luminaries. Looking forward to that. We hope you'll join us out of Ballpark Village at the Budweiser Brewhouse one week from tomorrow for opening day. Kerry is going to be tuned into 101 ESPN tonight because we oh, yeah. have the Warriors and Mavericks pregame at 6 here on 101 ESPN. I'll be dialed in. They they are now the sixth seed. They have an opportunity to not be a part of the play-in, which I hate mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's a participation trophy for teams that stink. <laughs> However... As long as they stay six or better, <laughs> we're good to go. So if they win the championship as a play-in team, you won't accept it? No, I'll definitely accept it. <laughs> I, I mean, if, if, here's the thing. If they were on the outside looking in mm-hmm. at the 10th seed trying to get in, <laughs> play-in tournament, please. <laughs> Let's win. What are we talking about? What are you doing? Yeah. yeah. After the Warriors and the Mavs, we've got the Suns and the Lakers. That's tonight here on 101 oh, ESPN. Another show. Another loss for them. Yeah. Blues Hopefully. fell to the Detroit Red Wings last night at Enterprise Center 3-2 in a shootout. The Blues getting a couple of goals from defensemen that rarely score. Robert Bortuzzo scored so his second of the year. Marco Scandella scored his first of the year. 2-2 after a period, 2-2 after two, 2-2 after three, 2-2 after overtime, and the Blues fall in the shootout. Another nice night for Joel Hofer, and he looks, and the Blues signed him to a one-way contract for next year, so he was going to be their number two goalie next year either way, but he sure looks good in his first three starts. He really does. I, I mean, even Craig Berube saying that last night, I believe that he has stopped through three starts, what is it, like 90 of 93 shot uh, saves, I think, something like that. Mm-hmm. And he's just been really strong and very stoic, too. It's just like a very like calm demeanor. Not saying that Jordan Bennington isn't the same way, but I would almost describe Bennington's demeanor as like a intense, quiet strongness. That's too mm-hmm. many shots for three games. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they, they have to get better I mean, at that. Like, you, you can't expect someone... To, to save, you know, to, to, to stop 34 shots, then 33 shots, then 30 uh, shots. Like, it's it's too many shots, man. Like, yeah, and, and eventually, high shots, yeah, too. Yeah, eventually, some of them are going to go in, right? Yeah. More than some. You're going to have it's – not, it's not good. Do you guys think that based upon the way the Blues players reacted to David Perron – 
looking back, a lot of people thought on the day that he left, and the Blues had signed Nick Letty. They, they set their priority on signing Nick Letty, and they let Perron walk. Especially now, based upon the reaction we saw from his former teammates last night, do you think that letting Perron go was more of a mistake than maybe, uh, certainly more of a mistake than I thought it was going to be? I think when you make a decision like that, you don't know what the ramifications could be until you actually see it. Sometimes you think it's best for the team. It's time to move on. That player has maybe played his best hockey or or best players behind him. It's not going to be, but it's not always about the play. It's Mm -hmm. about the person. Right. He's got two goals in his last... 26 games now. It, but it's, it's also about the person. I mean, you, you, you yeah. have that person in your in your locker room. You have a, a veteran, a voice, a guy that even when things are going poorly for the team, he can be the person you look to and come to and say, hey, what's going on? Play better. Work harder. It's not great right now, but it will get better. And those people are important in locker rooms. And that's why, you know, veterans, veteran leadership is extremely valuable for teams not to just always go young. And it was mentioned after the trades that the Blues had the young players with the big new contracts and the players that were going to be UFAs. That's something that you suggested early in the season. Yeah, yeah you you had that, that kind of that tumultuous, I don't know if it's tumultuous, but you had that relationship yep. where it felt like it was a little push and pull between those four guys. And David Perron might have been a guy that could have tied those Correct. people together better yep. than they were. Just a quick correction on Hope. He stopped 93 of 97 shots. But going back to David Perron, I also don't think it's a coincidence that the Blues power play dipped so much this season, going from one of the best last season to not so great this year. We've definitely mm-hmm. seen them struggle in special teams in general, but the power play has suffered. And that's been, I feel like, a big difference and how the Blues have played this season, too, and why we saw so many of those losses stack up because they just couldn't capitalize on it. I think it, at times they wanted Jordan Cairo to take over that spot that David Perron did on the Blues' power play, and it just did not exactly pan or work out. Um, but also, you just miss that leadership, as you guys were talking about with David Perron. David Perron, I think we all saw when he was on the ice, a very local uh, not local, sorry. He was a very you know, vocal leader for this team, and he was very intense. And especially, mm-hmm. you could not beat playoff Perron. Right. It was like yep. he took his game to another level once they hit the yeah. playoffs, too. He was a, a guy, kind of like O'Reilly, that every other player looked to. And the Blues will play at David's new home rink tomorrow at Detroit. And we'll have that pregame for you tomorrow night at 5 here on 101 ESPN. The Cardinals tied yesterday against Washington down in Florida. It was a 4-4 final. Jack Flaherty, 4.2 innings, 4 and 2 thirds. He allows nine hits, two runs. He walked one and struck out four through 91 pitches. So probably a few more pitches, 90 pitches, a uh, few more pitches than you'd like to have him throw in four and two thirds. You'd like to have him be a little bit more efficient. And guys, we always talk about this. Uh, teams don't cut players. Players cut players. Packy Naughton, two-thirds of an inning. He allowed two runs on four hits. He uh, struck out one and walked one. And the left-handed reliever is followed by Zach Thompson, who provides another scoreless inning. He's got a 0.00 ERA this spring. And then Andrew Suarez goes an inning in the third and continues his perfect spring, 0.00. I think Thompson and Suarez are probably your two lefty relievers. Yeah. Maybe. Well. Thompson. Thompson, is, I, I felt like there. would be for sure. Cabrera, you looking at Cabrera? I, I thought Cabrera. I, think so. I, I thought Libertor, but that doesn't seem you know like what was interesting now. last night on the fast lane. Brad Thompson mentioned possibly Cabrera being something that you could use as a piece to trade away. Mm-hmm. Yep, he's got good stuff. Just saying, he does. Yeah, and with as deep as the Cardinals are, with 
Ali Marmol saying we've got 34 people battling for 26 spots. I would guess that the Cardinals are just looking to restock the farm system. If they're going to be making deals, it's not going to be for for players that make the roster now. They're going to get prospects. If you were, I mean, if Cabrera was on the trading block and let's say Dylan Carlson was on the trading block, Mm -hmm. what what would you get back in return? I would think that you could get... Maybe not a top 100 prospect, but if you for both of those two, mm-hmm. maybe a prospect that's outside, just outside the top 100, maybe right. a top 150 type prospect. Is that is that prospect a pitcher or is that a position player? I would think for the Cardinals, they'd probably be, look, be looking for a pitcher. Gotcha. Because they're going to be, with Wynn and Walker coming up, Yeah, and I guess the X factor is going to be, do you keep Tyler O'Neill around? But Newbar's going to be here. Walker's going to be here. Arnado's going to be here. Edmund's going to be here. Wynn's going to be here. Goldie's going to be here. Contreras is going to be yep. here. So if you get position players, it's probably going to be depth guys. Tough well, for them to get on the field. Mm-hmm. And then also that competition still for the backup catcher role as well. Kisner has not been doing great. Also, no. yeah. I'm not saying anything now before I say this. Whenever we bring up Jordan Walker's name, he's been fantastic. His numbers have dipped this spring. And going, especially going to next week. And he's done really well against righties. He's kind of struggled against lefties this spring, too. That's my concern a little bit with Jordan Walker. Maybe he platoons. Early now, you, you just got to play. He's starting. Yeah, he'll be he's fine. playing. Yeah, he'll, he'll, and it'll be good for him to face more lefties too. Yeah, absolutely. By the way, John Denton has a piece up at uh, Cardinals.com where he suggests that the backup catcher will be Trey Barrera rather than Andrew Kisner. And Kisner yeah. has had, like you said, a rugged spring. He didn't hit last year. He's he's here because of his offense. He was turned into a catcher, drafted as a third baseman. So I wonder what his future with Yvonne Herrera being in the organization, if Kisner isn't your backup catcher this year, I wonder what his future in the organization is. I think one thing that benefits Kisner is the fact that he has such a great rapport with the pitchers, and we know how much that matters. He's worked a lot with Adam Wainwright. I mean, Waino has mentioned that, that he's pitched to him a lot, mm-hmm. especially when he was going through his uh, rehab. When was that? Was that 20... I forgot what year that that was. Might have been... eighteen. You talking about which yeah, re- tw- rehab? Twenty eighteen, maybe. The, yeah, maybe something like that. Yeah. He worked. He worked with Kisner a lot during that time. I think that that's a benefit. Is that he mm-hmm. has a real? He knows these pitchers well. You have a new catcher coming in that's still getting acclimated to these pitchers. Kisner's there and has that experience with him. So I think that's one thing that benefits him. Yeah, and Ali Marmol's quote again uh, about Barrera was, he's shown well during camp. If you're projecting what he is compared to Kisner, they're projecting them to be fairly similar. Uh, one guy is performing well and the other hasn't up to this point. But if we're just modeling out, out over time, they're coming into camp similar. So that's where they stand on Barrera. And, of course, Japan. And we've talked about it all morning. They win the World Baseball Classic last night 3-2 over the USA. And the game ended with Shohei Otani striking out the the best player in baseball in the last 10 years. Mike, uh, Mike Trout. It was amazing. I Shohei mean, it was... struck out Shohei? That, what, there you <laughs> go. Uh, I'm, I'm just kidding. There. <laughs> <laughs> what? How does that happen? No. <laughs> the, the best two players, they, and they play on the same team, and no one knows it. Yeah, it's terrible. Amazing. Terrible for baseball. Yeah. There is your Rush Hour Reset on today's Big Thing on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we're going to talk to our friend, Blues Center, Robert Thomas, here on 101 ESPN. You can talk. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thomas, score! Getting you inside the Blues locker room. What a goal by Robert Thomas! 
It's time now for Blues Forward Robert Thomas on the opening drive. Driven by pure performance, the only stop for all your aftermarket vehicle needs. Grimsley, Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, Randy Carrick. We go to the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line and Robert Thomas, number 18 for St. Louis, your St. Louis Blues, number one in your heart, is standing by. Robert, how you doing? Doing well. That was a new intro. Thanks. <laughs> hey, you are. You're, you're number one in our heart, buddy. Hey, uh, so you're at, the league, at 24, you're like the, the grizzled veteran, one of the grizzled veterans on this team. What do you think about a guy like uh, Joel Hofer coming up and the way he's performed? Yeah, I think it's awesome. Um, obviously, he's been someone that been talked about this organization for a long time and how good he can be and uh, I think he's he's got a lot to prove and and you know so far he's came up and he, he's done just that and he's done a great job of you know keeping us in games and winning us games so uh, it's really exciting and, and we're all excited for him. Robert what did you think of uh, David Perron's return last night and the special tribute that the Blues did and just the fans I mean the support that they showed what did that mean to you guys? Yeah, uh, it's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, he loved being here. Everyone loved him here. Um, I mean, what is it, his third tribute video? I don't know how many more you get. <laughs> but, but uh, no, it's, uh, you know, it's it's really cool. Even Barbie coming back, he had a great one, Sonny. So um, it's really cool to see those guys again. And I know they all loved being in St. Louis. So uh, I'm sure it was a good, good send away for them. Now, Robert, we were talking about teammates and just the bond that you have uh, with your guys. Sometimes when you're teammates, you can get away with saying things to guys that normal people wouldn't be able to say. Did anybody give them a little crap for crying? Did, did anyone say anything to them for shedding a tear or two? Yeah, there's, there's a lot to uh, keep it on the ice, but uh, definitely, definitely some good laughs. Yeah. Was fun. What about Robert Bortuzzo? He scored his second goal of the season last night. Do you guys chirp him a little bit or celebrate with him on that one? Uh, big celebration, uh, him and Scandy. Uh, it's always fun seeing seeing those guys score. And uh, I think Bob was saying after he's got two goals, and they've both been, been pretty nice goals. So uh, he, should, he should try scoring more often. Yeah, do you do you say that? Yeah, do you say that to him? Like, what? Well, do that more? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, I mean, you know, a guy like that, he's it, we're so happy when he scores and contributes. And uh, you know, he's a heart and soul guy. He he throws everything on the line every night and. Uh, to see him dancing through the, the offensive zone and stuff like that's pretty cool. Hey, what's it like to have Sammy Blay back on this team? We haven't asked you to the, to this point, but uh, you and, and Sammy, you came up right around the same time. What's it like to have him back on the on the Blues? Yeah, yeah we were pretty close growing up, or uh, growing up, growing through the organization, and um, yeah, it's always nice to have someone um, like that come back. I know he loves St. Louis, and we all love the way he plays. He's hard, physical, and you know he can score goals. So. Uh, yeah, it's pretty cool to have him back, and I think he fit in just just perfectly. Robert, you had you've had a couple of weeks now, close to a month, I think, of, of working with Rana and Kapanen. What have you seen from them that has impressed you the most? Yeah, they both, uh, you know, they're both fast. Uh, they can fly up and down the ice, and they had a lot of skill and make some some good plays, and can obviously score. So, um, you know, they fit in pretty well, and you know, Cappy on the PK, and Rana's been scoring nonstop. So. Uh, the two guys that, that have been really good since since they've gotten here, and uh, we're looking to continue on that. You mentioned Scandella scoring last night. It seems like since his return that things have improved defensively for you guys. Have you noticed that as well? Yeah, yeah. I think he, he's a he's a two-way guy. He, you know, he defends really well, and um, that's something that, 
you know, has been welcomed in our lineup, and he's done a great job of that. Hey, Robert, one of the things about uh, youth hockey in St. Louis is the kids make tons of trips to Detroit. As you were growing up in Aurora, Ontario, did you guys make trips to Detroit? Yeah, we used to play in the Little Caesars tournament, or uh, I think there's another one in Detroit. Um, so, yeah, every year we, we definitely make one trip there, and uh, it seems to be the, the hotbed for minor hockey. So if you're to pick a pizza, because that's like a it's a pizza hotbed too. Domino's is there, Little Caesars is there. I don't think Pizza Hut is. I think Pizza Hut's in Louisville. But what is like your favorite national chain of pizza? Jeez, that's a tough one. Um, I ask some tough questions. I'm a hard hitting <laughs> reporter here, Robert. Um, Papa John's too. Yeah. yeah, I'd say probably Domino's. Yeah. There we go. Domino's is is really good. I like the what is it the flat crust pizza. Yeah. That's the best. They do it right. And they've got a nice array of menu items, too. But uh, their pizza just... It hits the spot for me. It's really good. We're working on a uh, an advertising deal for you, Robert. We we see if Domino's <laughs> is listening in, and yeah. I, I have an idea. I, I'm working on Jake uh, neighbors as well. Jake from State Farm, like a good yeah. neighbor. We're working on that. We, we're 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 a multi purpose uh, show here, so we, we do multiple things. <laughs> yeah, that State Farm one seems to be uh, just perfect. So yeah, it, it just makes all the sense in the world. Here. Yeah, I just I need a I need a finding fee when he when he does get it. Okay, so <laughs> Robert on Monday afternoon, spring sprung. We officially went from winter to spring. Aside from the hockey playoffs, which probably aren't going to be here in St. Louis this year, what is Robert Thomas's favorite thing about spring? Uh, probably the the warm weather and, and golfing. Those be that's my number one is when the the weather finally gets warm enough to comfortably golf. Uh, that's my that's my favorite part. Now, Robert, I was in here. That's perfect that you said that. I was working on my golf swing, and I and one of the things that I've learned that when it's not a ball or a golf club in my hand, my swing is perfect until <laughs> I get the golf club and the ball in front of me, and then it, it just goes haywire. Are you one of those people, or do you do you hit it pretty straight? Uh, I, I'm I'm all right. I can I can handle myself out there. So uh, definitely don't think I'm perfect. Uh, like you, but uh, <laughs> hey, hey, without a club or a ball, is somebody brown nosing right now? That's kind of what it sounds like. Hey, I, I, my next question is: How many golf clubs have you broken and or thrown? Um, uh, I think I've only broken one, Good. and it wasn't by throwing it. I try and keep my cool, cool on the course. Um, it always sucks when someone loses loses their mind on the course, so. Right. Uh, Don't yeah, play with me, Robert. So, <laughs> <laughs> what's it like? I have to imagine that it's a hoot to get out and play with the Kachucks. Yeah, it's always fun. Um, I mean, if you're if you're one of those guys that gets distracted by talking and chirping, and um, if you think they're going to stop talking during your swing, then, <laughs> then you're wrong. So, um, I think I think it's it's always fun. I love love golfing with them. That's great. Hey, Robert, I wanted to ask you, because one of the things when you were drafted by the Blues, we talked about your winning history, and then you keep winning through juniors, and you've been in the playoffs every year in the NHL. Have you ever had a a, a year of organized hockey where your team didn't make the playoffs? No, this is this is probably a first for me. So um, this is, you know, the situation is new for me, and uh, I think it, it makes you grow up really quickly, and um, you know, you learn a lot. Um, you know, I said it a couple times before. You you learn a lot winning, but you learn even more losing. And um, something that you know, I've grown up a lot this year in in multiple ways. And um, you know, learned a lot in order to not let this happen again. 
and we talk to you every week, and it sounds to us like you're handling it well, but when you get home at night, how do you handle it? Uh, it's, it's frustrating, that's for sure. Um, you know, obviously, the last couple of years, we, we felt like we've been right there, and, you know, last year especially, um, you know, one went away from from moving on and, and having a good chance, so um, I think it's it's definitely frustrating, but uh, like I said, it's a, it's a good learning experience. And uh, the way I kind of look at it is uh, right before I got here, I missed the playoffs, and we've had a good run since then. So, uh, you know, we're kind of kind of using this as that, that retool and, and get ready for next year. Of course, as you mentioned, you don't like missing the playoffs, but now that you'll have like a little bit more time, will you go visit some of the other St. Louis teams? Do you go and do that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, always love baseball season getting started and, uh, I was at one of the soccer games the other day, and um, you know those things are pretty cool, and they always come and support us, so it's always nice we can support them. What and did you, you think you, of the fans out there for the City SC? Yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome. I couldn't believe the atmosphere they had there and the support in St. Louis, and uh, it's obviously great. They're off to a, a record start, and. and uh, it's pretty exciting stuff there. And we get to walk into the rink a couple hours, hour and a half before game time, and there's a big circle of players that are, are playing soccer, just keeping the ball up in the air. It's a really great item for you for your, your foot coordination, I would think especially in the face-off circle, to play soccer like you guys do before games. Yeah, yeah, it's always fun. Um, you know, actually the some of the St. Louis uh, the City players came and played with us a couple weeks ago, and uh, we show we show them how it's done in the soccer circle. So uh, <laughs> they took away some. Are you saying that that's why they're so successful right now, Robert? Yeah, I think we we really showed them up. And, uh, they didn't they didn't win a game, so uh, no, it's fun. Beautiful. But, uh, yeah, no, it's it's a lot of fun before the games. You kind of loosen up, and it's a good warm up. Absolutely. Hey, Robert, we always appreciate your time. Go get them tomorrow night in Detroit. Thank you very much, and we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, thanks, guys. See you. Take care. That's Blue Center Robert Thomas with us on 101 ESPN. So warm weather and golf and uh, going to baseball. Yeah, just word to the wise. Actually, I think it's probably most people. If you want to somebody to shut up when you're in your backswing, you're playing with the wrong group. If you're playing with us <laughs> or the Kachucks. Yeah, it seems like just the, talk through that. <laughs> the chirping doesn't stop no. off the ice. Well, one of the things that I love to do, uh, and when we get out, we'll. We'll do this, but like when there's water right in front of you, I like to make the bet. Ten bucks, he says he doesn't hit in the water. Ten bucks that he doesn't hit it in the water, and then inevitably hits it in the water. Skipping stones, baby! Immediately skipping stones. Exactly. Uh, That is Matthew. That is Brooke. That is Carrie. I am Randy. Coming up, the hockey writers' website says the Blues Ryan O'Reilly reunion makes sense. We'll tell you about it next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. One, two, three, four. I have nameplates I put up on our board. I never throw them away because, <laughs> you know, I'd, I would have had to go back to the and, and waste the owner's money getting four for David Braun or whatever. So I, I never I never say never for a player returning, especially a high character and, and uh, of, of any, any of the guys. Uh, but there's also no guarantees. 
That is Blues Poho and General Manager Doug Armstrong at thehockeywriters.com. Stephen Ground writes that Armstrong has suggested the Blues rebuild process will take some time, but there's one move the Blues will clearly have to make in the summer, adding a middle six center. And while there could be many options to fill that role, one makes almost too much sense, a reunion with their recently departed leader, Ryan O'Reilly. And Ground suggests that O'Reilly will probably command $15 million over three years, a, a cap hit of $5 million a year. I would, if the Blues could fit it in financially, I would welcome Ryan O'Reilly back with open arms. I think as a middle six center, he would be a great fit and help a lot of the Blues' young players as the Blues they switch over into a younger nucleus. But Ryan O'Reilly is a guy that helps young players get better. And I I believe if the Blues could get him at that price and he, they can fit him in, I think that would be a great get. It just makes sense, right, if they can financially do it. Now, I'm interested to see if there will be some moves made this summer, possibly. We keep hearing, like, Tory Krug's name still floated around, different things like that. But I think that the Blues st- still need help down the middle, right? You, you, you lost Barbie. You lose Ryan O'Reilly. You need something else there. And not, not to take anything away from Pavel Buchnevich, he's been doing really well, but... I don't even think that he fully wants to be the center of the future for the Blues. It doesn't sound like it, does it? No. When we, who was it that we had? Was that Panger or somebody that we had on where he said, you know, Pavel's still kind yeah, of it's Panger. Yeah, still kind of figuring out, not exactly the most comfortable with that position. My question is, if he is speaking of uh, O'Reilly, if he does come back, obviously you move uh, Buchnevich to a wing. Where does that land? Where is Jake Neighbors now? Where is Verona? Where is Kapanen? Uh, are they still in that top six? I like the the third line of Saad, Shin, and, and Blay. I think they have done a a very good job of you know being physical, but have the ability to score goals as well. Uh, that top six is going to be intriguing to see who fits where if you have Ryan O'Reilly and Robert Thomas as your centers, who's who's on the wings. That's the thing. If you look towards next year right now, your top nine probably look like Saad, Shen, Blay, Kapanen, Buchnevich, Vrana, Kairu, Thomas, Neighbors. Mm-hmm. So do you knock one of those guys down and Neighbors has had his injury issues. The Blues have not been exceptionally healthy. Heck, Verano's only played like 15 games this year, something like that. So you don't know about that durability, but the the big X factor here is going to be what do they think of Butchnevich at center? Because Shen... Shen and Thomas are probably going to play center next year, right? Thomas won. Yes. Shen as your second or third center. I would I would like Shen as the third center. Yeah, if you and then you put Ryan in. O'Reilly back on the second yeah. line. And here's the thing is, I, I'm interested to see if they see Alexi Toropchenko staying as one of those top six forwards moving forward. I don't think so. I think Toropchenko is a fourth-line guy. Yes. So um, my fourth line, I actually have... An, See, here's another issue is the the health and durability of Logan Brown, because I don't think you can count on him mm-hmm. for a lot of games. But I think Toropchenko, I think Alexandrov both wind up probably being guys. I don't know if Nathan Walker fits the mold of what Craig Bruby wants as a fourth line guy. I think he wants more, a little bit more rugged player. And I, by the way, maybe at some point, if you sign O'Reilly to a three-year contract, he has to be a fourth line guy. Mm. Well, and also with Ryan O'Reilly, I think it, his market price will also be dictated by how he finishes things out with the Maple Leafs. Because right now, he's been injured. He broke Mm -hmm. a finger. He hasn't returned just yet. And maybe he'll be able to return for some games by the end of the regular season. 
you don't know. I mean, where he's going to fit into that and how he performs when he returns from injury, I think, is also going to dictate his market price. And if the Blues are going to make a deal for $15 million over three years, they are, you mentioned the name of Tory Krug, they're going to have to perform some cap gymnastics, aren't they? Yes. They, they don't have that much money to spend for 23-24 at the moment. No, not, not whatsoever. So uh, right now they have... Uh, committed from a cap standpoint, and the cap is expected to be 83.5. So they have roughly $5 million, but they have a lot of spots to fill for that $5 million. Actually, maybe not. But you'd be right up against the cap again, which hurts you this year. Yeah, we got to, I mean, if you're going to be paying guys, you want them to be playing at their highest level. I think the question is has been, even at the trade deadline, with some of those defensemen that maybe weren't playing to the level of, of, need for the Blues, where are they going to go? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if they're not playing, if you don't think they're playing well enough here, well, then other teams aren't thinking they're playing well Bingo. enough either. So they're not going to trade for them. And so you're going to be stuck with that money and you're going to have to just ride it out and see who is going to going to show up yep. and show out eventually to the to the level that, that, they're, that they're being paid. And all of these guys, Falk, who's not going anywhere, Krug, Letty, Pareko, they've been good players in the league. But to your point, Kerry, if you're a team that is making a trade to ascend, mm-hmm. does Krug help you get better based on what you've seen this year? Maybe not. I, right, right. And, well, and he's been a good player in the past. But he's had injuries, too. So right. we, it's like it, it seems like it's sometimes something that hasn't exactly worked, worked out. And there's also, he was brought in, too, to help with the Blues power play. Mm-hmm. That hasn't exactly helped out in regards to this season. And he's had injuries. Yeah, and, and he's... Going to turn 32 next month, so you would expect that the injuries would probably become more prevalent than less prevalent with a guy like that. I don't know if they have any desire to move Colton Pareko or if he, with the no-trade clause, has any desire to leave. That's the name that, that keeps popping up, and because of what Kerber told us last week, just saying if you move a guy like that, everyone is looking for a guy like Colton Pareko. As much as our fans and, and, and our people don't think that he's played up to the level of the contract— Every team would want a guy that is six five, six six, with mm-hmm. the ability to skate. And he curbs the saying, "If we lose him, we'll be looking for that guy in return." When you just had him, so it's one of those things that we talked about with David Perron. Sometimes you don't know what you have until it's no longer there. Well, and and here's the thing: it makes sense because if Doug Armstrong is saying that he still wants them be, to be relevant now, of course you're not going to fix every little problem. But especially in the short term, the three year deal with Ryan O'Reilly makes sense. You're missing a center. He's also, I mean, Ryan O'Reilly was everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. He was an overall team player, great leader, also helped with special teams a lot as well. I think people forget about that. He was very key in that. And as you're kind of looking to, everybody keeps bringing up these younger names of a Jimmy Snuggerud and Zachary Bolduke and all that kind of stuff. It gives them time mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, look how long it has taken neighbors to assimilate to the yes. NHL. By the way, one other guy, and I don't, I'm not concerned with return here. But a guy that might be attractive to other teams at $4 million a year for three years is Nick Letty. Because with Scandella back, Letty and Scandella are kind of redundant. Yes. And so if Scandella is back and healthy, then now you only have Scandella under contract for one more year. But if you could find somebody, that Letty might be a guy that during the offseason a team says, okay, I want a steady guy who's won Stanley Cups 
and plays left defense and is a pretty good bargain at $4 million. That might be a guy that would be more attractive to other teams than the more expensive defenseman the Blues have. Well, and what I was looking at, too, with Marco Scandella, and we brought him up several times, is with his return, coming back from hip surgery, he's been out for a while, obviously, on the long-term injured reserve. I was interested to see how he would come back into this group and what his ice time would look like. Take for last night example, he almost was on the ice for 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. That's pretty high. That sounds that sounds and looks like a guy who can handle a lot moving forward. That's Brooke. That's Carrie. I'm Randy. And coming up on 101 ESPN as we head down the stretch of this edition of the opening drive, we've got rock and roll. Stick around. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. We're going to roll with what Matt Rocchio says. What do you got, Matthew? Well, first of all, before we get into this, I, I, I want to give away some tickets. Oh, yeah, we got to give away some tickets. tickets, Randy. I want to give the fans something for listening. Yep, and we have your chance every day this week to win a pair of lawn tickets to see Snoop Dogg, Wiz Khalifa, Too Short, Warren G, and more at the Hollywood Casino Amphitheater on July 16th. Did you say lawn tickets? Yep. What is this going to smell like out there? Uh, it's going to smell like some green. Huh? Tickets are on sale now, <laughs> or you can text in to win free tickets at 314-399-9646. You can also find a bonus chance to win Snoop Dogg tickets under contest at 101ESPN.com or go to the 101 mobile app. And Rock has a question, a Snoop Dogg question. You yes, sir. Right. Text number 33 to get this one. Text number 33. What is Snoop Dogg's? Born Snoop's name. Dog. What is Snoop's dogs? What Snoop's? is Snoop Dogg's born name? <laughs> hmm. I need the first and the last name, and if you want to throw in the the other part of it, I don't. That's fine. I'll take the original or not. But yeah, what is Snoop Dogg's birth name? Okay, good one. All right, what do we got on the old uh, rock and roll here today? Well, I wanted to bring up something that that Kerry was talking about off the air that I that I wanted to get his opinion on because you don't care you, about his opinion. I, I, I love <laughs> Kerry's opinion, <laughs> not more than your own. How though. dare you? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Ahead. Is there anyone in this room who cares about other people's opinion more than their probably own? Probably not. Just, you, 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 you're probably what are right we here there. for. <laughs> um, Kerry, br- I brought up a few weeks ago uh, the the story of Detroit Mercy's Antoine Davis and the oh, run yeah. that he was making at Pistol Pete Maravich's mm-hmm. all. NCAA scoring record. And obviously, he came up a few points short uh, in his his bid in his conference tournament. And now he has come out and said that it's unfair that the NIT and the people making the schedule wanted to stop him from breaking the record. And he pointed out Detroit Mercy's record and some of the other teams that made the NIT. But he's essentially saying there's a little little collusion working against him to get the record. Carry. I, I think you were agreeing with him. Uh, no, no, oh, not, no, not at all. all. Okay, this is egregious. The fact that the man Pistol Pete did Randy. I I don't remember. Did Pistol Pete have a three point line? He did not. Okay, I didn't think so. So here is a young man who came up number two in all time scoring. How, how how many years did Antoine Davis play? Is it five? Uh, this is his fifth year. How yeah. many times did Pistol? How many years did Pistol Pete play? Uh, he played like three. Okay, yeah. so here's a young man who played more games, had the advantage of having the three point shot, and you still came up four points short, sir. It wasn't meant to be. You were taking, there were games where I saw, you know, you're going seven for 22. You're shooting more than enough shots. You didn't make them. It happens. I don't know that you can begrudge or be upset with other people saying they held us out of the college basketball invitational. Come on, man. 
As an athlete, as a competitor, who in the hell is watching the college, the CBI? The, the, it goes NCAA tournament, then it goes NIT. CBI is like the third uh, proper, popular tournament, and no one watches the NIT. Nobody cares, right? So no one's watching the CBI. No one. You're gonna you're gonna break a record from Pistol Pete Maravich that only you and your family are going to be a be be the ones to acknowledge and really care about because everyone else is gonna say, "Man, you had the three point line. Man, you played two more years." It, it, it appreciate what you were what you were allowed to do. Appreciate the fact that you were uh, uh, played basketball at a collegiate level. And if you have the opportunity, start preparing for the NBA draft. I don't know if you're going to get drafted. I don't know if you're going to play overseas. But your basketball career will continue. Can I point some things out to Antoine, please? Sure. Uh, during the course of the 2022-2023 basketball season, yes, he had performances where he went six of nineteen, seven of nineteen, nine, uh, six of nineteen again, seven of twenty-one, eight of twenty, six of twenty, seven of twenty, eight of eighteen, three of sixteen, five of eighteen. These are all Antoine Davis games from this year. Seven of twenty-two, six for nineteen. <laughs> if you don't like it, play better. Seven of twenty. His last game, seven of twenty-six. He was shooting. You wanted that more record? than enough shots. He was. And here's Who the thing. are you mad at, sir? Let's let's look at some of the other uh, other numbers there. In his in his career, his five year career, at Detroit Mercy, Antoine Davis averaged 26, 24, 24, 23, and twenty-eight. Hey, those are great numbers, but. Pete Maravich in his three years at LSU, he averaged 43, 44, and 44 again. So with no three-point line. With no three-point line. And mind you, he was taking almost 30 shots a game. Pete Maravich, I, no, no shot clock either. No can shot I, clock. And Pete Maravich didn't finish with a great field goal percentage, only 44%. Antoine Davis is under 41%. Mm-hmm. There's not a single stat where you match up to Can I guy. take this to another level? Go for uh, it. A completely different level? Mm-hmm. This is where we are in life. Okay. Well, no. this, is, this is the mindset of young people where I deserve it. No, the hell you don't. Man, if you earn it, you deserve it. If you don't work for it, you don't get it. That's how life works. I don't care what Instagram tells you. I don't care what Twitter, Snapchat tells you. I don't care what any of these media sources, social media sites tell you. You must work to earn. No one just shows up. I asked my kids the other day. I watch all these videos of people giving random people five thousand dollars. Say, y'all know anybody that has ever gotten a thousand dollars, five thousand dollars, a hundred dollars just for being you? I don't. I've never walked down the street and a random person say, hey, here, have a great day. Get a thousand dollars. That is called social media. It mm-hmm. is for content. It mm-hmm. is what creators do to get people to view their site, to get likes, to get comments. It ain't real, man. Neither is not scoring enough points to be the all time scoring leader if you didn't do it. No one owes you anything. Work harder. Be better. Kerry, Brooke, Matthew, can I tell you something? Yes. I'm mad that I didn't break Pete Maravich's <laughs> record. <laughs> Me too. It was unfair. I ain't scored a really point unfair. in the NBA <laughs> in collegiate basketball. I ain't scored a point. Yeah. I, I wanted to to score eight touchdowns in in a game like Howard Griffin. Mm-hmm. I, I, <laughs> most I got was one. <laughs> one in a game. I didn't get eight. I didn't Damn get coaches. seven. It's their fault. <laughs> You give me the ball. We were on the one yard line eight times. Could have had eight touchdowns. No, it's on me. You don't like it, man. Play better. Quit finding someone else. Antoine Davis should have looked in the mirror and said, man, I could have played better in a few games. I could have hit 
four more free throws throughout my entire career. How in the hell do you play five years of basketball, come up four points short, and blame people for not letting you get one more game? And it is a sense of entitlement (laughs) that many people have that they feel like they deserve it. And there is a lot to be said for anybody out there. I'm not just talking to young people. Not a lot to be said. There's everything to be said for earning it. Earn Whatever you get, earn it. Mm-hmm. Put, put work into it, work hard, and earn it. And you'll be rewarded. Yes. You work super hard. You're one of the hardest working young people that I know. Thank Brooke. you. And, That's because and, I was and, tortured and forced to. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm kidding. And, and you reap the benefits of it now. Yeah, right. Exactly. It, it is what it is, man. Like I, I, I promise you, if you come co- come play at Hayeswood Central, your child will learn the values of hard work. Discipline. He will not be given anything. I don't give them anything but respect. That's why I tell mm-hmm. their parents, the only thing I'm going to give them is respect. Everything else they got to earn. If you don't earn it, you don't get it. That's how life goes. But you even have to earn respect, too. Mm-hmm. Like, respect isn't shouldn't even be something that's just handed to you. You still have to re- earn that as well. I will give you respect until you show me otherwise. And then you don't deserve it. <laughs> you yeah. will see a disrespectful version of me. The very hardworking Matthew Rocchio <laughs> has done a great job today <laughs> as our producer engineer. Pleasure. Thank you. I, I yeah. love that Carrie said that because that's my entire thing growing up. It was always, you know, you, you got to show respect. You got to show respect. I'm like, yeah, but if a person's outwardly constantly disrespectful to me, do I have to keep doing it? No. That's why the three strikes rule. <laughs> oh, you came don't, up. Yeah, I don't. I you don't give them three strikes. I don't give yeah. them three strikes. For I give you one, one strike and you're out. <laughs> uh, great job, Brooke. Thank you. Yes. You have, what's fun. your cap collection like? Do you have a lot of you wear a different cap every day? I do. I do have a lot of hats. Uh, and one day you guys will be able to see it when we put the cameras in. I I like having lots of hats. This is from Wally's. Has everybody been to Wally's? Love Wally's. In I have strong not. pizza. Really it's, good pizza. Oh Wally's. my gosh. I I got lost in that place. It was amazing. And bought too many things including this hat. Oh, that's very nice. That's the new like super gas station, isn't it? Yeah, yeah it is. the oh, giant it's one. Yeah, yeah, like the ones that usually only were like you could hit but like on 70 between Columbia right. Right. and St. Louis. It's no, right there it's now, right? Between here and Chicago. It's, it's, Chicago, it's, it's, it's that one. I, I, I hate love to break to you guys. I haven't been to a gas station in a year. You have to go to you Wally's. You need to go to Wally's for the you Oh, because you have a They have electric setups. Yeah. Okay, well then I'll stop there. Wally's more about is more about the experience. The Post Dispatch did a review of Wally's and called it one of the best restaurants in St. Louis. Really? No. Okay. I'm out on that. I'm out on that. You gotta have Wally's. Well, you can't right now, but when you guys are able, you need to have Wally's pizza. We're starving ourselves. Great bakery. Carrie's driving past gas stations like it's Oscar the Grouch. Like, okay, it sucks to live in the trash can, doesn't it? Jesus. I've read, and I haven't seen it, but I've read that there's a billboard on 44, a Wally's billboard that says, so much jerky you'll go blind. (laughs) Oh, no. Wow. And the kids are in school. Yeah, the kids have been dropped Uh, off. It's fine. Good job, CD. Hey, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great hump day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.